Hey, this is Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, also known as the godfather of MMA. You're listening to WNS. You're listening to the official Wrestling News Horse podcast. For all of your information, go to WrestlingNewsHorse.com or check us out on Facebook by searching WrestlingNewsHorse.com or WNS Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, and iTunes by searching Wrestling News Horse Podcast or WNS Podcast. Now being broadcast in over 45 different countries, here are your hosts, Daniel Heron, Tyler Bear, and Doug. That's right. What's up, everyone? I am Daniel Heron. I'm Tyler Aver. I'm Doug. And we welcome you to episode 217 of the official podcast for WrestlingNewsSource.com. For all of your information, go to WrestlingNewsSource.com. Check us out on Facebook, WrestlingNewsSource.com. You can find us on Facebook, WNS Podcast, on YouTube, WNS Video, and on iTunes, Wrestling News Source Podcast. We're also on The Stitcher, Player.fm, and Beyond Pod. Just search Wrestling News Source Podcast to find us. Yeah. Oh, follow us on Twitter at WNS Podcast. Uh, you can follow Daniel at WNS underscore Daniel. Tyler is at Tyler underscore Abear. Even though he doesn't tweet anymore, he doesn't. He hates. The, he hates the Twitter. And he hates all of his followers too, which is why he never tweets any of them. You probably have like fifty-seven notifications. And yeah, once I log into it, boom, yeah, boom, 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 ah! yeah. two hundred and seventeen episodes. I tried to do the math. I may have fucked this up. This may be shoddy math <laughs> on my part, but we've wasted over two weeks, two full weeks of our life. <laughs> no, we haven't. Just, we haven't wasted. Under. We haven't wasted. We have dedicated. Uh, well, I, at times did it like at one and a half hours because mm-hmm. I thought that was a good like average. Yeah, there. that's about right. <laughs> did so. I do that right? Did I check my math? Let's see. 217. Times 90 for 90 minutes. Oh, yeah. We could have done that. I did times one point. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. So you do the fucking 217 math. times 90 minutes. That's uh, 19,530 minutes. Yeah, I didn't do the math right. Damn. Divided by 60 20. minutes, which is 325 and a half hours. Of- oh, I got to 325 and a half hours. Yeah. So divide that by 24 and see how many days we get. Divided by 24. That's 13.5. 13. 13. Right. Yeah. Okay. And growing. So, working on that full second week for you all. So, if you know, if you ever go on vacation for like two straight weeks and you've got absolutely nothing to do, you can go back and listen to every single episode of the WS <laughs> podcast and we got you covered. So, uh, although a lot of a our first, jokes might a be first outdated. Time lis- a first time listener is going <laughs> to come in on this conversation. It's going to be like, yeah, I'm not even giving these fucks 14 seconds. <laughs> I'm out of here. Done. This time has been enough. So, uh, but yeah, so welcome to the show. Got a lot to talk about. Going to dive into some feedback, talk about Raw. Got an awesome interview with Ken Shamrock. You don't want to miss that one. Also, going to talk about Total Divas, QA, and more. Tyler, how you doing? I'm doing good. I got yeah? food in my belly and I'm food good. Food in your belly. Yeah, doing good. Mm-hmm. The final countdown, getting ever so close to that day you say I do. Yeah. Uh, next month. Um, oh, God. I still yeah. need to pay off my tux. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's still a lot it's of It's going to be bad. to the house. Yeah. How's the house coming along? There's a little bit that needs to be left. Uh, there's a little bit that needs to be painted. And then yeah. we're waiting on her parents. To, oh, you're uh, counting down to the Galveston trip. Yeah, that too. That too. That's coming up. I'm looking forward to that. I've already taken off. I've already requested off for that. Shall be fun. Yeah. You better do more than request. You better get your ass. Oh, there. it's already been confirmed. What? What? That's right. That's so, I don't like that. So I will be there. Yeah. Yeah. So deal with it. So, uh, so yeah, Doug, how you doing? 
I'm good. Let me yeah. ask you. Let me ask you a motherfucking question. Okay. What constitutes a taquito? Does it have to be beef? No, 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 not L- at all. Let me ask. Okay. Let me further explain this. Okay. Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. They've brought back the quote unquote rolled chicken tacos, which are chicken taquitos, right? I mean, come on, yeah. right? Why the fuck can't they call them taquitos? What, is it trademarked? Tacos? Is it trademarked? I don't think so. They're called rolled chicken tacos. They're fucking delicious, but they don't call them taquitos, and it's weird. Mm. That is interesting. There are, you saw them. They're taquitos. Yeah. When I walked in, I said, oh, you got taquitos. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so why don't they call them taquitos or chicken taquitos? I don't know. I don't know. Anyone listening that works at Taco Bell, <laughs> can you... Please explain that. Please explain your yeah. your corporate Heinous position. Action. Please explain your corporation's position on rolled chicken tacos. Yeah. Taquitos. Because when you get fajitas, it doesn't matter if it's chicken or beef or mixed. Right, but my main point is like... They got chicken tacos. They got fish tacos. So why can't you call it a... I mean, is it a rolled beef taco? If you get the, the beef one? There is no. They don't do beef taquitos. Mm-hmm. It's only some, chicken. Yeah, it's only chicken. That's strange. Um, well, okay. My thing is, why don't they call them? Why don't they call them taquitos though? Because, like, I don't know what the fuck a chalupa is, but like, they call them chalupas. Right? Tortilla with meat, cheese, or vegetable. Yeah, I, I know, <laughs> but I mean, my I I know. I was being facetious. I know what a chalupa yeah. is, but my point is, if you can if you can say chalupa, then you can say like. Mm. Taquito, right? Like, what's right. the fucking difference? Well, I think it's of a taquito, fried taco. Right. I, I think of those frozen things at the, the market. You know, I mean, you can warm up. You know, they have a box mm. of like, you know, 30-something taquitos. Yeah, and we... Is, is there any other restaurants that have taquitos on their menu? That you yeah. Like fast food restaurants? No, like Tex-Mex Like Casa Ole? Uh, Jack in the Box used to have Tex... Uh, Jack in the Box used to have taquitos. Like, they used to have this but little... But they called pat- it that. Yeah, they called them taquitos. You could... Jack in the Box used to be able to get like... A little, uh, some sort of little conglomeration of they give you like two taquitos, a taco, and a couple of egg rolls. It was like nice. a, it was like some sort of little combo where it's like taquitos, egg rolls, and tacos. That shit was awesome, but they don't do that anymore. Do I don't you, even think they sell taquitos anymore. Whenever you're like going, like if you go in or you're going through, you know, the drive-through, do you say I would like the taquito, please? Do you say that? No, I say rolled chicken tacos because I don't want to be the asshole who has like their own name for something, even though everybody in, else in the world calls them taquitos. Yeah, <laughs> on their menu, it's called rolled chicken tacos. So I even said, whenever, get- like like Tyler said, the box of taquitos that you get at the store, they have ground, they have beef taquitos, they have chicken taquitos, they have beef and cheese taquitos, they have beef taquitos with flour tortillas instead of corn. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, not on not on the Jack in the Box. Back in the menu. day, no, I'm sorry. Back in the day, they they used to have taquitos, See, Jack the egg the rolls, stuffed jalapenos. You, no, know, so, uh, you know, sometimes I will go to I'll go to Sunwalk and I'll just be like, "Yo, let me get six egg rolls." <laughs> like, I don't even get like a I won't even get like a dinner. I'll just like, "Yo, let me get egg rolls." Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. How awesome was that old lady? She's the coolest. Take an order, please. Okay, do I two, please? There's nothing wrong with just getting. All the egg rolls, egg rolls you want. You can get whatever you want. This is America. So. Yeah, I'm all about it. I mean, I'm just like, yo, their egg rolls are fucking delicious. I'm always like, <laughs> yo, let me get like a bunch of egg rolls, please. <laughs> <laughs> so good stuff. All the egg rolls. Let's, uh, let's dive into some of the feedback that we got. One bit of feedback we have is from uh, Bazooka Majin saying, is it wrong for me to feel like our truth has a crackhead gimmick? 
I don't think it's intended to be a crackhead gimmick. He's he seems to be a bit off of his rocker though. Uh, not necessarily. He's been goofy in the past. Well, yeah, it, it, it's nothing new to me. I mean, I think it's funny. I guess we just could have saved that for the Q and A, but that's okay. I mean, I don't think it's specifically designed as a crackhead or whatever. Hmm. Just very unusual. So, uh, but thanks for the feedback. Let, uh, last bit of feedback we have is from Victor. Victor. <laughs> Guess it's been a while out of practice. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Victor says, thanks for another episode, guys. I honestly think Raw is what set you guys back. I don't even care enough to, to catch it. Good stuff on the radio, too. And yes, Total Dog is a good one to end on. Sweet. Yeah. Thanks, so thanks, Victor. Yeah, and thanks for listening to the radio show. For those of you who are not aware, we do have a radio show now that you can listen to on sportsradiobeaumont.com, or you can download the Sports Radio Beaumont app on your smartphone and listen to it Thursdays. We will make sure to post on our Facebook page when whenever the show is coming up. So if you happen to be or if you live in Beaumont, then you can you just turn on Beaumont. the radio. Yeah. yeah, turn on the radio. It's the simple way. So, uh, so yeah. So Thank you, you Victor. You fucking sweetheart. I appreciate you listening oh, to the radio. Yeah. Oh, man. So, uh, so good stuff. So let's dive on into Raw. Uh, one week closer to WrestleMania. I believe it was like 20 days away from from WrestleMania. So it's getting ever closer. It still, to me, does not have that big feel. That big buzz. But uh, we kick things off with Orton, Rollins, Big Show, Kane, and J&J Security doing their you know best to burn through some time in the three-hour Raw and cut up with one another. You know, Orton saying, oh, I could come out and saying, oh, you're whining and moaning, Big Show. And Kane, you're just a guy who goes and gets a cup of coffee. And, you know, or, uh, Rollins, I could just RKO, RKO you and beat the hell out of you. And I don't know. Make you my bitch. Make you my bitch. That's right. So, uh, anything to really take away from this opening? No, it's it just was, a continuation of, hey, I'm still messing with you, but hey, I'm on your side. Yeah, foreshadowing what was to come later that night. Uh, anything from you, Doug? I don't know if the intent was to try and um, show further, not further doubt, because there has been, hasn't been any doubt, but I don't know if there was. Uh, this was an attempt to plant some doubt as if... Uh, if it was ever actually going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, which we all knew it was sort of like, Hey, we know everyone's talking about Randy's just here until he gets an opportunity to turn on us. <laughs> Epic uh, foreshadowing. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know if that was their way of being like, like pump faking us, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't think that it was, I mean, I don't think it was very effective because even, even then I was just like, well, I mean, I'm, I don't know when they're going to do it, but it still feels like it's coming. So I don't mm-hmm. know. And it feels like I saw one commenter say that through what they're doing, it it's making Big Show, Kane, and Rollins look like idiots because they're not seeing what the what the crowd is seeing. I mean, obviously, you know, the the crowd is in on it or whatever that it's going to be happening. Uh, even Jamie Noble was like, I don't trust this guy. I don't, you know, he was trying to be the voice of reason, but Rollins was no, 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 it's, He's it's okay. Us, we totally trust him. So it's like, at what point is it? Okay. They just don't see it or okay. They're blatantly being made to look like fools here. Uh, well, I may be mistaken because I've had a fairly busy weekend. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen, uh, last week's Raw or Smack. I mean, we're fresh off of Raw last night, but mm-hmm. previous to this, I don't recall any specific 
uh, situations where Orton says, ha, I'm just around waiting to catch these fuckers off guard and then I'm going to turn on them. Mm-hmm. I might be mistaken about that, but if he hasn't explicitly stated it or uh, hinted at it, then just because you are in tuned enough to pro wrestling to know that it's coming doesn't mean that the characters are idiots for not seeing it coming unless they say it on TV and then you're right. Then they're expecting you to believe that they didn't see the same thing that you saw on TV. That's a different story. If they mm-hmm. didn't, if he didn't explicitly state it or if he didn't hit explicitly, well, I guess you can't explicitly hint, but if he didn't hint at it, then I mean, just because you know, it's coming doesn't mean they're idiots, you know? Orton did do something explicit later on that night. So. Sure, sure, but I mean, I mean, I mean, preview up until this point, right? If he didn't explicitly, oh, I was talking about the yeah, 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 the <laughs> little finger salutes to uh, to Rollins. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a different kind of exp- yes, very different. So, the uh, <laughs> first matchup we got to see Daniel Bryan going up against Bad News Barrett. Our truth was on commentary during this one, and uh, you know the 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 commentary was. Not focused on the match at all. They were talking with they're, the R-Truth. They're focused on R-Truth whenever yeah. he's on there. And they're like pretty talking much... about potatoes and pot- <laughs> what's, in the, what's in the satch. Or the sack or whatever sack. it was. Satchel, the bag. Um, Yeah, it, it's just pretty much focused on him and, the, you know, the pretty much the, the whole title situation. Was I the only one that caught the JBL saying um, that he caught some potatoes as well working with Booker T? And then Booker T said, "I can't lie on that one or whatever." Like, he, <laughs> I think, I think, I may have like because it just registered. Like, I heard it, and then I was like, "Did I just hear that?" Because it was like the second, like, and this is the first time they did another one later in the night. But it was like one of two little sort of like uh, nudge, nudge sort of inside jokes on on commentary that night. And I was like, <laughs> "Wait, did he just say that like Booker T would potato him?" And then Booker T was like, "Yeah, I did." And then. Uh, <laughs> But I can't remember. I may have heard it wrong. He said something about catching some potatoes from somebody, JBL that is, or he was potatoing, <laughs> and then and then Booker T immediately <laughs> confirmed or whatever. So I didn't catch awesome. that. That's uh, hilarious. Well, they played it off of the R-Truth stuff, but it was yeah. if you're paying attention, which I uh, <laughs> kind of was. But I've kind of gotten to the point where I just tune out the, the commentary for the most part. I mean, with good reason. They're usually really bad, and, and they were still really bad in this segment. I just happened to catch that. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, the I mean the action was okay. Daniel Bryan ended up getting the victory. The victory kind of just came out of nowhere, um, with Daniel Bryan like rebounding off the the turnbuckle and into the the running knee and getting the cover. I felt like they did that quite frequently during the matches on Raw. Like the the matches just sort of ended. Uh, there wasn't like a big build to you know to the finish. It just sort of happened. But um, yeah, I mean, well, it wasn't much of a match um, in the sense that. It didn't go terribly long, and mm-hmm. for portions of the match, they they were cutting to commentary, talking, like yeah. actively showing our truth, which I, um, which is, you know definitely draws away from the match. Yeah. But uh, I felt Brian was like doing some different stuff in this match. He doesn't do all the time. He had like the double underhook suplex that he pulled out, and then uh, the all like between the legs and like giving him the mule kick on the other side thing. Nothing. It wasn't enough to make this this great or even good mm-hmm. for that matter. But. Uh, they weren't given a lot of time. They went to no. commercial during the match. So, yeah. what can you really do with what you're given? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, to me, it's just lazy storytelling because they're like, "Hey, uh, we're not telling any stories with any of these guys. We're just going to put them all in one match and expect that to be the story." Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, what is that like? Seven guys in the same match that they 
are just too lazy to come up with stories for these guys. Well, they haven't officially announced Daniel Bryan in the match. Which... If we're to believe everyone they've shown is involved, we got mm-hmm. Bryan, Cody, Harper, Truth, Ziggler, Barrett. Who else? That's six right there. Is that Ambrose? Stardust. Ambrose, you're right. I said Cody. I meant Stardust. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's seven right there if you count Ambrose. So if we're to believe, they're just, if we're to believe everyone who has been taking playing games with the belt, taking part in that whole thing. If we're to believe every one of those guys is going to be involved, which they've shown the majority of those guys on the image mm-hmm. with a little silhouetted out person. So I expect at least six, probably all seven of them. Maybe I, don't know. Eight. I think, I think if they bring back Seamus and have him, you know, put the focus on Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan says, well, I got to go after this guy. Forget about the IC title. Well, even then uh, that's still six guys. Yeah. And my, my, my larger point is, they're too fucking lazy to tell like stories with these guys, so they're gonna lump all of them into one shitty story. She's lump, she's lump, she's lump, she's in my head. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but I know some people are arguing is like, well, at least they're putting some focus on the Intercontinental Title. Is it the good kind of focus or is it bad? I mean, because any TV time where it's centered around the title, making it seem like all these guys are wanting to get it, is that considered good or is it the way that they're doing it a bad thing? I think it's a bad thing because they these guys aren't saying like I want this title because it means something to me. They're just like, hey, I'm I'm we're playing hot potato with this fucking belt. Yeah, yeah. Dean these Ambrose guys, was the only one who, you know, had a, a a segment before Fastlane where it was like this title used to mean something and I want it to to elevate it. Yeah, and that was fine. Yeah, and you may you may have liked that. Um, you may have liked that angle. You may have not liked that angle, but it seemed like the effort, it was a genuine effort to try and elevate the title. At mm-hmm. that time. This is just lazy. Like we have a bunch of guys who we want to get on the WrestleMania card. Yeah. We're too lazy to tell stories for all of them. We can't be bothered to write stories for all these guys. We're just going to throw all of them into one match. It's and it. these, these guys are not in the Andre, uh, Andre the giant Memorial. Battle I don't oil. think so. Yeah. And that's, one thing really going to have that hurting for star power. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing that they're it looks like they're trying to do. They're just trying to get as many people on the on the WrestleMania card as they can so well, they don't I want mean, if you I'm I sorry, guess they don't want people left out. Yeah, but this is a shitty way of doing it. Like mm-hmm. you people may say yes, they're trying to give um the feeling of when Money in the Bank was still at WrestleMania and you had that match with all those yeah. cool hospitals. Yeah, that's fine. I I grant you one of those. Mhm. That you Say I grant you this, then you've got your your battle you got royal your ladder match, and you got, now you have a battle royal match, and you got a multi man tag match that you're obviously clearly building to now. It's yeah. not it's not that you're it's not that I I can't grant you one match. It's like you're giving me three fucking matches where you said, hey, the thirty guys involved in these three matches were too fucking lazy to do anything real with these guys. Mm-hmm. We're just getting them all in the card at one time. Yeah, here's four tag team scramble match for the fucking belt. So that's eight guys, which which would be which would be completely different if they built. At least from the Rumble on, where all these these teams were seriously feuding <laughs> with each other, they're not. Fucking mm-hmm. Les Matadors just got wheeled out on Raw yes. three weeks before WrestleMania. It's yep. fucking lazy. You're not adding importance to the tag titles. You were too fucking lazy to book this feud going into Mania. Yep. Just like you're too fucking lazy to tell stories with these six guys in the fucking IC match. I mean, what's what are they going to do next week? They're going to throw out Connor and Victor uh, to be to be in the tag team matchup. How many people are in the Andre of the Battle? Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Probably like 20 people. uh, I would say less than that at the moment. Even if I grant you 12, 
how many people in your your fucking probably four man tag four tag team match are gonna have a mania? That's eight. That's yeah. twenty. You got six people, probably seven, maybe even fucking eight in your eyes. So you got thirty fucking people. You're too lazy to tell stories with. You're shooting into the You're gonna have Naomi days. and Natalia on the sidelines for the uh, for the tag match. So they're not gonna have anything going. You know I grant I grant you one I grant you one of these matches I grant you one of these matches where you say, We just want a fun match where we got a ton of dudes involved, they're just doing a bunch of cool spots. That that I grant you one There's three of them. Here is <laughs> half of our roster that we don't have, fucking have the time or dedication to do anything with. They're on the car, you should be happy. No Here, fuck you. It's here's, lazy. Here's yeah. three matches for all of our full time employees. <laughs> And now here's three matches with part-time guys that you probably don't even care about. Yeah. yeah. It's I, fucking lazy. picture when the Andre Memorial Battle Royale, and I don't even know when this dude's returning, but I can see it's Sheamus. See, and that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking Sheamus returns, feuds with Daniel Bryan into, into WrestleMania, so they at least have a you know a solid matchup. Uh, or Daniel Bryan wins in eighteen in seventeen seconds. And all I know I know people are like, fuck this, I don't want to see Bryan and Sheamus. I'd much rather see Brian and Sheamus have, have a kick-ass match than whatever bullshit they're going to do with him right now. Yeah, they've these guys had nothing. They were over they were overshadowed by being on the same card as the initial Lesnar Cena match, which was fucking fantastic. And Elimination no, Extreme Rules 2012. Oh yeah, that two they had that three two out of three, falls. Two out of three awesome. falls match, which was fucking excellent. It was only overshadowed because it was on the undercard of that same pay per view mm-hmm. with uh, Cena Lesnar, which is amazing. Yeah, it's the only reason people don't talk about that as much because it's on the same card. But these, give me fucking Brian and Sheamus. I know people want like Brian and Ziggler. Fuck that. Give me Brian and Sheamus. If give me Brian and Sheamus over Brian being in this IC title match, I'll mm-hmm. take that any day because I know they can deliver a good match. But all this bullshit is just like lazy. Like I, I grant you one of these multi man matches where you're yeah. like, we just yeah. want a fun spot fest. But this is three matches <laughs> where you can explicitly point to they're just too lazy to do anything interesting with all these guys yeah i think they i don't know how many they have planned to be in the battle royal but you know if you've got eight guys in a tag match if you've got six guys in a ladder match you're vastly shortening your roster so i'm I'm thinking maybe like a 20 man over the top royal uh and maybe they even toss in a couple nxt guys i mean we're we're just guessing about the the multi-man tag match but yeah. it seems like that's where they're hitting and at head it looks like that's where they're building yeah um but i mean other than that those three matches then you've got cena and rusev you got triple h and sting and you've got lesnar and reigns and bray how many, how many matches that total that would be six. Oh yeah and bray and taker so that'd be seven seven matches total yeah and if you added brian and sheamus that'd be eight we count the divas match oh yeah that that would be nine that's about right. Yeah. Gonna, I mean, they're going to let that... Sh- some of this shit's going to... They're going to let breathe. They're going to have, like, mm-hmm. some probably musical performance or something. Oh, God. I mean, I'd imagine. <laughs> have fun with that in, so in say Not necessarily, but... I mean, not for sure, but they always do something entertaining. Backstage skit yeah. or something, like they did. They uh, 30 was really solid for me. I mean, yeah, they opened up with, a, with you know, that... Uh, an opening segment with... Uh, Hogan and Austin and Rock, but that was actually pretty cool, um, you know. But they didn't have too much filler. Give me, give me that type of um, segment over. Give some, me those moments. Yeah, I mean, give me Hogan and the Rock and Stone Cold at the anniversary anniversary like of Mania over like some musical performance or some. If you're gonna give me some sort of filler, give me that type of filler. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But. 
I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm not feeling the buzz. Uh, I guess it's due to the lack of Undertaker, Sting, and and Lesnar. You know, three guys who are in the top tier matches for Mania are hardly even on TV or not at all. I would, I would make less of a point about that if I felt like they were actively trying to tell stories with these other guys. Mm-hmm. But it's we just ran down exactly how it's blatantly obvious that they're not trying to tell stories with the other guys. Yep. They've spent an entire year to build to what? So, anyways, Daniel Bryan ends up getting the victory over Bad News Barrett, um, which brings out the next matchup, Dean Ambrose going up against Stardust, another short matchup with an abrupt ending. Uh, R-Truth was still on commentary, but Dean Ambrose ended up getting the victory, and then there was an all-out brawl between Ambrose and Barrett and uh, Harper and Stardust and Daniel Bryan, you know, everyone's going at it. Bryan had to sell um, Barrett's elbow twice. He got knocked mm-hmm. out once. He came back after the match. He got knocked out again. Yeah. How, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> well, they just all lined up in the train to do, like, finishers on yeah. each other. It was finisher, weird. finisher, finisher. So, uh, but yeah, uh, and during that, R Truth stole the title. Barrett went to grab it, but he grabbed the wrong bag. And which that was on that's to me that was unbelievable. You could feel the weight difference. Yeah, but, but I know they're just playing along. Mm-hmm. But you know what can you do? Um, after that, they announced that for the uh, WWE Hall of Fame, they're going to have a Warrior Award in honor of the Ultimate Warrior and what he talked about uh, uh, during his speech. I thought. I didn't get to see it, but while you were talking, I thought the the, the warrior thing was, I mm-hmm. thought it was supposed to be like, I'm not taking away anything from Connor. I just thought I got this information wrong that it was supposed to be like people who worked behind to be like, the scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure it will be at, at one point or another, just sort of a special recognition. But I think. Because Connor really, really, you know. Yeah, with, with the story of the the story yeah. of Connor, you know, it's it's so touching, Very um, much so. and you know they've done so much with it. I feel that it's justifiable to, Very to do much. it. Very much. So um, yeah, look, we on this very show we've made a lot of fuss. Well, not not a lot of fuss, but we've made it well known our feelings on the WWE Hall of Fame and mm-hmm. what it stands for, or or the lack the lack thereof what it stands for, but. Whenever I look online and I see people say, like, why is this kid getting in the WWE Hall of Fame before, and Chris Benoit will never be in the Hall of Fame, let me tell you one fucking thing. If you got a problem with Connor the Crusher going to the WWE Hall of Fame, you can fuck right off. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. <laughs> Point blank. Wow. I don't care. I don't care who's offended by that. I don't care who likes that. If you have the nerve to say something like, how is Connor the Crusher going to go in the Hall of Fame when we got when we can't get Chris Benoit in the Hall of Fame. Wow. Because one was a child who died of brain cancer and one was a murderer of a fucking child. Period. Very true. Wow. Um, wow, wow, wow. But like the the Warrior Award, it's not even an induction in the Hall of Fame. It's sort of a, a side honor. It's like special recognition. Yeah. But it's during the, the yeah, Hall of Fame yeah, ceremony. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. so yeah. But, well, I didn't, I didn't read nothing online about people. Oh, yeah. I'm glad I did. I'm glad you I did. Because that would you piss know me the fuck off. smarky assholes are going to say shit Wow. They should feel bad for themselves for saying that stupid ass shit. Whoever yeah. says that, I'm, I, no, I'm not, I'm not sorry. If you say that, you're ignorant. You're mm-hmm. very ignorant. 
So, uh, but yeah, Connor the Crusher going to be the first recipient of the Warrior Award. But like you said, Tyler, you know, it 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 was originally the the way that Ultimate Warrior had you know played it up was sort of recognition of those backstage that you never know of. I have no problem with that. I was just that's yeah. why I was just trying to clarify. With no, you, no, no, no. I thought they cut the thing. Remember how they played the little speech? You know, right. People deserve it. And I thought that was supposed to be for that. But yeah, I mean that you know, know, take it what it take. Take it what you will. Uh, may, like I said, maybe next year they'll do something like that. Maybe Jim Johnson, you know, the guy who composed so many classic WWE themes, you know, like he could be a recipient of it, you know, or you know, just special people who have come in the lives of uh, yeah. of the WWE. So I got no problem with this. Yeah, and uh, if you have a problem with it, like you're an awful, terrible person. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so yeah. So going back into Raw, we got to see uh, <laughs> Paul Heyman come out, and they showed a vignette for Roman Reigns talking about Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, and uh, and he retorted, and then brought out Brock Lesnar and delivered just an insane promo. Um, I mean, I was just I was blown away by it. Like I know that Heyman is known for cutting very good promos, but for me, this one was one of his absolute best. Uh, you know, he was getting pissed off because the mic is constantly being turned off on him, and I think it just added fuel to his fire. You know, like the, uh, what he said, heck, for the summer, I guess, or I don't know how he said he's it. gonna he Lesnar's gonna be spending the summer unifying, unifying yeah. the WWE and UFC championship. Like, that was a good jab because you know, everyone's talking about what he's gonna be doing, what is he gonna do? So, uh, mess um, with people, yeah. So, I mean, Doug, what do you think about this? Uh, I'm not quite as high on it as you guys. Um, it was a great delivery, and I liked a lot of the content that he used. I liked invoking the Montreal Screwjob. I liked, yeah. I liked sort of uh, incorporating the UFC and the Floyd Mayweather Jr., Manny Pacquiao stuff. I sort of liked incorporating all that stuff, but I feel like it didn't do as much for Roman as it could have. Right. It, it, it did say, you know... it. That's true. He sort he sort of put him over, but it was so, but he sort of didn't. You know, it sort of it didn't do anything for Roman really effectively. Mm-hmm. It did it did. Of course, it made Brock look awesome. Of course, it made Heyman look awesome. They always make themselves look awesome. I would have liked to have seen them do a better job of making uh, Roman seem more of like a credible threat. Yeah, he, I mean, he he said things like he's the baddest, like Samoan dude to that family, and you know they you know. He said like tough guy stuff about him, mm-hmm. but it didn't come across in a way that made him. It still failed to make him seem like he's on the same level. Um, I think the only way we're going to see that is from, you know, if if we see Lesnar and Reigns sort of brawl out uh, leading up to WrestleMania, like have have there a reason for Lesnar to to be like, okay, well maybe I should be on my guard on, against this guy. Well, I mean, my my larger point is that Heyman is good enough to make Brock look like a million bucks, and also can I also at the same time make Roman look like as good. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. I feel like he's good enough to do that. And I, and, and I know people love this, and and I'm not knocking it. I just I didn't love it to the extent uh, of everyone else. And he sort of shit. He sort of took a big steamy shit on the Wyatt Taker match. He was sort of like, yeah. He sort of like. He basically buried the fucking match. <laughs> he pretty much did. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he buried the yeah, match. Like he Not, beat the Undertaker so bad that Bray Wyatt's having to resurrect him. Yeah, I mean, 
it wasn't so much as what he said as as how how dismissive he was of it. Mm-hmm. And I know that they have history because he conquered the streak. Yeah, I've you know I've I've been hearing him say that all year. But uh, did you know that his client Brock Lesnar conquered the Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania? Did oh okay, just making sure. Yeah, man. Uh, Not everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, this, I am man. I've already said, and guess what? I'm going to say it every week until WrestleMania mm. uh, is here. I, I don't believe in Roman Reigns. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to for this match, there's nothing believable that this. How can I put it? Um, the match between them, I just don't. I don't think it's going to be that great. Yeah. Maybe on one part, Brock, but I don't think, you know, for um, Romans could be that great. Mm-hmm. And I don't think in what, three weeks? Less than three weeks now. Less than three weeks, anything's going to change. Let me ask you this. Do you guys feel that because they went out there and acknowledged in character on on camera, they acknowledge the UFC rumors that are rampant these days. Do you do you think that lends itself, or not lends, but do you feel like that sways you to feel like they've either re-signed him or have a good chance of re-signing him? Or do you feel it's just like the Roman thing where it's just like a addressing what everyone's talking about and working into the story? Do you feel like, do you think they are more likely to ignore it if they don't have him or aren't close to getting him? Or do you think you know, it's just a clever way of working. I kind of feel like they would ignore it if they didn't have him. I mean, does it make sense what I'm asking you? Yeah. Like, do you think because they acknowledged it that they're likely to get him back or have already gotten him back? Why would they say stuff if they didn't resign him? Because everyone else is saying it, so they might yeah. as well use it. And they even brought up the fact of, oh, in case the authority tries to take this title from him by sending their, you know, by sending Seth Rollins out there to try and cash in, we're going to stop that too. But also, it's like you don't know these days. Yeah, you know, what's you know, you can't predict it. I, I mean, mean, you I really, like, you really don't know. That's why I'm asking you yeah. guys. Just do, uh, do you have a feeling one way or the other? Do you feel like it's? I it, feel like they signed it. I feel like they've blurred the line so much that it's that it's really hard to tell. Uh, I feel like the only way we're going to know is by you know seeing the outcome of the match itself. Um, you know, I mean, we we're not giving our official predictions right now. Uh, that'll come for for a later show. But I feel like if if they re- I pick Brock Lesnar. No, if they resign, if they resign Lesnar, I see him dropping the title. To Reigns, uh, and maybe Paul Heyman has a hand in doing that because Reigns could use the mouthpiece. So if they were to team him up with Paul Heyman, that would be one of the best things going for him. That would solidify him as a as a big heel, you know. Because let's face it, Lesnar and Heyman are over. They're they're getting cheers from the crowd. So, but that necessarily you know, doesn't mean that. It could be a success with Heyman. See, I don't think that I don't think the finish of that match indicates whether he's gone or not. I don't think we know until Raw because I don't think whether he's staying or he's going. I don't think he he can walk out of WrestleMania with the title mm. because it, it presents too many problems for either side of the story. Either one, he's gone. His his last commitment is on Raw, and then he's gone. He's going to go fight for Bellator. He's going to fight for the UFC. He's 
going to fight for whoever's going to give him the most fucking money. And that's his prerogative, and that's good for him. But if you can't let him walk out of Mania with the belt on the mm-hmm. hopes that he's going to do the job on Raw the next day. So yeah. He, if he's gone, he loses the title at WrestleMania. If he's there, like your whole story is culminating with him at Mania and whether you keep Roman Reigns a baby face, whether you turn Roman Reigns heel, no matter, no ifs, ands, or buts, Roman Reigns has to beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Mm. Now, you might invoke the Seth Rollins immediately, but no matter what story you're telling, whether Brock is staying or going and whether Roman is baby or heel, he has to beat, he has to beat Lesnar for the, any, either side to Mm. make sense to me. Like I don't think I don't think we know at WrestleMania. We don't. I, th- I don't think we know until Raw if Brock is there or not. That's a, that's a fair argument, but I don't know. We'll just have. Well, I just it's it's uh, it's definitely up in the air. So we'll have to see how it all plays out. But after that, we got to see a uh, a tag match. Ryback and Rowan going up against Big Show and Kane. Short matchup. Ryback and Rowan end up getting the win. And Stephanie comes out and says, "You guys are acting like babies. You're acting like children." Um, you know, go home. So that's more epic foreshadowing over the events to happen later on in the show. Uh, after that, we got a Wiz Khalifa concert. Well, was it before that where they had, uh, let me look at the notes before. I don't think you have it on there with the, uh, Wiz Khalifa and Wizdow. Yeah, it was right before his concert. Yeah. You know, it's just, they just, uh, Miz was talking to Wiz Khalifa, like, they can collaborate, but he didn't want to. And then, mm-hmm. like, I got the real A lister right here. Uh, yeah. Wizdow. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta get in. Gotta, <sighs> what he says, you gotta get in where you're fit. You gotta get in where you can fit in. I don't know. I, I honestly, when I saw it, I just completely zoned out as far as what was happening. Got on your phone. Yeah. So, I don't know. Doug, what do you think about the Wiz Khalifa concert? Yeah, I don't need necessarily need any type of concert during Raw. Um, it's not Saturday Night Live. I went into it. the kitchen. It's not even a personal thing against Wiz, Wiz Khalifa. It's just I don't need a I don't need a concert during Raw. Yeah, I'd rather uh, they t- pick uh, two of those thirty motherfuckers in those multi man <laughs> matches and tell a fucking story with those guys instead. Where was Goldust? Where was Slater Gator? Well, I mean, not even Slater Gator. Where are the primetime players? You know, they, this is something they could have used. He's got for a match. the brain. You know, this was like an eight-minute concert. The fans didn't seem... I mean, they, they showed a couple of fans that were standing up and clapping, but, like, all the people who were around them were just, like, standing standing around, or I saw one a couple of kids having their hands on their faces, just bored. But, you know. Uh, there was a couple of women who were, like, exceptionally into it. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple of dudes who were into it. I mean, I don't... I don't care. To me, it's not about who it is. To me, it's about that it's there in the first place. When, mm-hmm. when uh, there's so much more to be done with so many, so many of these guys, especially girls. this close to WrestleMania, there's so many guys and girls on this roster that could, that would probably kill for eight minutes or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever was got. And it's not even you know about him. I guess it's just I want. I guess they want pub for Mania, but I don't know. That's Does, not the way to do it. Well, I mean. In, in your honest opinion, does any sort of publicity, any cross publicity, does that really give, gain you WrestleMania buys or network no, buys, not or, really. or TV ratings? Mm-mm. But they probably think so. 
Maybe maybe it spikes. Well, I mean, it's, it's, maybe it spikes the segment where people are like, oh, I like Wiz Khalifa. I heard he's on this channel. I turn in for that segment. But how does that translate further? I'm, you know, I, the weird thing about about my job is that I work in radio, where you know people think that music is the main focus. It's not. It's the advertising. The advertising is what keeps the radio going. So, but I'm the kind of person who I'm like, advertising doesn't really work for me. Like I'll see a billboard and like. You know, if it's like a billboard for McDonald's, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah, McDonald's. Oh, I'm loving it. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say that. So I bet you will. If I'm hungry for McDonald's, I'm going to go get McDonald's. If I'm hungry for Burger King, I'm going to go get Burger King. It depends on what I'm in the mood for. So, I mean, does advertising work for you? Like, if you see a billboard, does does what's on the billboard, you know, get you, you know, well, to, to call them and say, I'm going to give you my business? I mean, okay, I'll... I'm going to answer that and I'm going to get back to your direct point. But the difference between what the WWE is doing and the advertisement you're talking about for the radio is the radio makes legitimate, actual money from mm -hmm. having advertisements pay to be on the radio. Right. They paid Wiz Khalifa to be on Raw and yeah. they don't know if that's going to translate into them getting money back. They're hoping that they're hoping he, that it does. He sends out a tweet saying, hey, make sure to check out WrestleMania and people will buy in. Yeah, so that's that's a game like advertisement on the radio is the radio stations making actual money off those people paying to be on the radio. Mm -hmm. Wiz Khalifa is they're paying Wiz Khalifa in hopes that that translates into a wider audience. Oh, if if he's on the show, his his followers will watch Raw and that'll get them hooked. For sure. Now, for, to <laughs> to your actual question is does the advertisement work on me? So, uh, only only in a very specific way. Only in a only in a way that an advertisement makes me aware of something that I didn't already know that exists that I would be interested in the first place. Right. An advertisement's not going to sway me to like something I don't like or wouldn't like or mm -hmm. not like what I do like. The only way advertisement's going to affect me is, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. Now I know it's a thing. I, I know I already want that thing. Yeah. I'm going to, now that I know that it exists, I'm going to go get it. It's like, you know, if, <laughs> if for Taco Bell, for example, since we're talking about taquitos and all that, you know, if you saw just a generic... Do you mean rolled chicken tacos? <laughs> no, I mean taquitos. Uh, like, if we saw a very generic commercial for Taco Bell, would that entice you to give them business? Or if they said, hey, now for a limited time, it's grilled chicken tacos. I don't well, understand. Say that again. Like, which advertisement would work for you? Just a generic, hey, Taco Bell, we sell tacos and drinks, and you're, you know, you're going to love it until you hit the bathroom later. Or would it say, or... I got I got an iron, like, many, many years of Taco Bell <laughs> has reinforced my colon. <laughs> I've got a still colon. Yeah, yeah. Go so, or, or would, you know, something specific do the, do the trick? Like, hey, our new chalupas are back. Or... Your favorite meal is back. I mean, I guess this specific because may, it works better because it's at least informing me of something. Like mm -hmm. I already know I like Taco Bell. I don't need you to tell, exactly. remind me Taco Bell exists. But if you're reminding me that your rolled chicken tacos are back, then I'm like, oh fuck yeah, the rolled chicken tacos are back. Right, taquitos, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> so like, I, I don't know. Like, the, I guess in the mind in my mindset is I am already aware of your product. You don't have to bring extra stuff in to try and entice me on the product. Like Wiz Khalifa did absolutely nothing for me. 
Well, see, this isn't even apples to apples comparison. This is just what, like a banter of something well, completely off topic. What you what what would be a more direct uh, a direct comparison for what you're going for is: Are you more inclined to buy Taco Bell if Wiz Khalifa is on a Taco Bell commercial saying Taco Bell is fucking good? Right. That's more of like a. I mean, this that's more direct comparison of what we're yeah. talking about. So, are you more if someone you like and respect or admire? says vouches for something are you more inclined to buy for not it? at all me neither because they were paid to say it for yeah. the most part Tyler and, uh yeah i don't give a shit if it looks good then i'll go for it i don't care if there's someone advertising hey try mm-hmm. this no i don't care yeah so it's just i don't know i'm i'm very weird like i'm very weird in the advertising world because like a lot of my coworkers who work in sales who have to go out to other companies and say, "Hey, we noticed your sales are dipping a little bit. Have you considered advertisement?" I'm like, "That would not work for well, me." Like, was, they had—I don't know if it was like Burger King or whatever—they had this like this hot chick eating like a hamburger. No, it was Hardee's. Carl's, it, Carl's Jr. Yeah. Like, try this. So, like, people are like, "No, I don't want the hamburger. I want to be with this girl." Yeah. So. Oh, tell us about that girl you want to be with, Mister. Assumed uh-huh. to be. <laughs> I didn't say shit. You want to uh, be with what girl? Furthermore, I want to be with the hamburger. If, if for some reason, <laughs> if for some reason Wiz Khalifa and Taco Bell hook up, our cut is fifteen percent, motherfuckers. That's five percent for each of us. Yes. Boom. Boom. So, uh, so next up on Raw, man, we got we we've just been like on some tangents tonight. Uh, next up, we got to see AJ defeat hey, I gotta Summer pee. I got to pee. You guys hold it down. Okay. <laughs> not, I mean, not hold the noise down, but like hold the fort down. You know what I mean? Or not hey. hold your junk now. P.O.P. Hold it down. Uh-huh. So, yeah, so uh, AJ defeats Summer Rae. Very short matchup. Anything to really take away from it, Tyler? Yeah, stinker. Uh, I just didn't really care for it. Yeah. Very short matchup, and they had a commercial break in between it. So, I mean, what can you do? After that, we got to see a Sting promo. This, I did not like this at was, all. It was stupid. Like, what the fuck? Because I was like, oh, yeah, Sting's going to talk. He's going to come out. Finally. They edited his voice. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? They altered his voice in some way. They made Why? it slower or deeper. Or- Why? 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 I have no to make it more mysterious, I guess. Oh, my gosh. Like, they're like just doing Undertaker shit. It's just like, oh, you're not going to really see him until that'd be like if WrestleMania. I, that'd be like if I started the podcast going, that's right. You know? They're they're promoting. Oh yeah, we What's have Undertaker. Up, everyone? Undertaker talks for the first Daniel time. I am Daniel Heron. You're listening to the official wrestling news source podcast. What the fuck is he talking like that? Yeah, it's like why? And then they they were saying, oh yeah, he, oh this is his first time to talk. For all of your information, this is a fucking promo. It wasn't live. Thousands of years ago. <laughs> I'm the uh, was it uh, the ghost of futures or Christmas futures past. past? Yeah, but no, it was disappointing. It was. Because I was I, pumped. I was like, I was excited for him. I was like, oh, he's going to be on Raw. He's going to talk. Sweet. To be honest, I did not pay attention to what he was saying because I, my mind was so bugging uh, out it's just more over the, the altered voice. Uh, it's just more on why he, he he's going to come to the face Triple H. They played yeah. more on the WCW WWE The only thing, thing that I remember at the end was like, and when it's all said and done, game over. You know, I'm like, oh my God. What the hell? Yeah, so it's disappointing. It was very disappointing. Like, just have the dude speak. You don't have to alter it. Sting is Sting. Sting is awesome. Yeah, Sting is Sting. You know what? Since I haven't, to- we haven't been seeing him at all, I'm going to play WB2K15. And, <laughs> They're uh, trying to make him into this magical beast. I mean, just 
have him on Raw and let him fucking talk. Yep. At first, I thought that was so- it was someone else doing a promo. Just that, dude. Like I thought it was their like like. I thought it was like their promo guy who does that. And now WWE proudly presents. But when he he like he said something and he kind of like hollered or whatever and he kind of screeched, you can mm-hmm. hear his his regular yeah. voice. But, yeah. But like, but well, why? This is different or whatever. But I don't know their reason of keeping him like that. But hey, every week with TNA, he was on there pretty much every week. Just you know, have him. Hell, he could just do like Hell, a, if you got do, the WWE Network, you can go back and watch his matches and his promos, and it's not like he yeah, know, just, just to have him on Raw and you know talk and stuff and like I don't know. Y'all know I what know I was like thinking that. about while I was peeing? What's Chicken that? tacos. Uh, well, no, no. Um, with Khalifa thing, um, he was on the soundtrack for 2K15 with that Cena song, and he's wearing a Cena shirt. So was he there to sell the like Cena as the coolness? By the way, that really wasn't on 2K15. Yeah, he was supposed. To, well, it was supposed, it was to, supposed to, but it was not on there. Which have they ever given an explanation for that? Nope. That's stupid. So I don't know. But Doug, what are your thoughts on this altered Sting voice that they used for the promo? It was weird. I was like, that doesn't sound very like Sting. weird. I was like, it doesn't sound like Sting. Yeah, it was so strange. I don't know why they did that, but whatever. More importantly, do you feel like? He added added to the story, like in the sense that he made like his intentions came across and made sense. No, well, it's like I told Tyler. Whenever I heard his voice, oh, are you about my to mind, give me the? My mind was completely focused on the altered voice as opposed to the message itself. So, I, honestly, I have no idea what he said except for the end when he said "game over." Yeah, that is it. That's all I remember. So fair enough. I thought you were gonna say, "Well, listen back. We talked about it while you're." Yeah. <laughs> if you're a true fan, you'll listen to the show. No. We, need, we need the downloads. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we need those extra hits. So, uh, so yeah. So after that, we got to see Rusev going up against uh, Curtis Axel, who apparently is in, is still in the Royal Rumble. Well, match. before that, Cena talked to him in the back. Yeah. Say something about America. Say something. So, whatever. Um. Before the match even gets started, Rusev attacks Curtis Axel, defeats him, and then... Did Cena say, say something, I'm giving up on you? He's never giving up. Never gonna, never gonna, never gonna but, uh, give, never gonna give. And then, I'm still not behind the Axel mania, then they had, like, <laughs> the the screens, like, how long he's been in the... Axel mania! Axel mania! Uh, not buying it? Nope. <laughs> how about you, Doug? No, I mean he's got a he's got a comedy gimmick. He's got he's the he's like Heath Slater or like uh, a writer, you know. Mm-hmm. What you gonna do, brother? Don't change the channel. So, uh, so yeah. After that, Rusev decides to celebrate, and he says, "Hey, give me the microphone." And Lana's like, "No, don't give him the microphone." He's like, "Give me the microphone." So he starts talking bad about America. Cena comes out, beats the hell out of him. Puts him in the STF, makes him pass out, pours some water on him, wakes him up again, puts him back in the STF, and Lana says, okay, 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 we'll give you the match at Mania for the U.S. title. Yeah. So Then they had a... Be a star. Don't be a boy. in the back or whatever. I like Rusev griping at Lana. Yeah. Probably called her a bitch in he, his language. He sent Lana away. Um, so we might whoa, not... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't put that... Don't implant misogyny on Rusev. You don't know that he called her a bitch. <laughs> Do you speak Bulgarian and or Russian? 
Sometimes. Sometimes. Oh, we'll translate. Please translate. Yeah, let us know what he said. Get the fuck out, you bitch. Yeah? Nope, I don't know shit. Okay, just making That's sure. That's what he said. So, uh, but so if you work for Taco Bell and you can explain the <laughs> taquitos, and or if you know Bulgarian or Russian and can explain or can translate and uh, confer- confirm and or deny Tyler's transplanted misogyny. Any, if you can answer either you one of those, please let us know. really saying? Or it's just like gibberish? Yeah. I would think no, so. He's probably sp- No, he's speaking the language. He speaks the language. He probably is just. So what is it translate? For have us. you ever? Do you ever watch Japanese wrestling when the American dudes are talking or cutting a promo? They're saying real shit in uh in English. They're just like slowing it down and speaking more more but plainly. Hmm. I'm going to beat you, fuckhead. No. So uh. <laughs> well, the Bullet Club guys were like really going to town with the cursing stuff, but they <laughs> really? told but they told them to tone it down because I guess because they're trying to push more internationally their presence so they're like hey bullet club guys quit saying fuck so much <laughs> <laughs> i mean if they don't the japanese that don't speak english don't know that they're cursing but like <laughs> but i think gato gato and jade or gato and jade are the booking team they're like hey you guys don't cuss so fucking much that's funny so uh but yeah backstage rusev does send lana away so it looks like we might see them splitting up here so, uh soon uh and it's being said that lana is actually going to be filming a movie with edge so uh interesting yeah so hopefully he didn't hook up with her or something i think beth phoenix would be pissed i think that <laughs> what? I, I think lana and rusev are a legitimate couple they, they bought are. a house together they just bought yeah they just bought a house together rusev and lana and uh and yeah, Edge is uh, dating or whatever with uh, Beth Phoenix. They got, um, a, they got a kid together. I um I listened really? to yeah. You didn't know that? I did not. Oh yeah. You listened to what? I forgot what I was gonna say. Oh. Oh, I was stopped when I was saying to listen to what you guys were saying. I was like, and then I spaced out. Sorry. <laughs> I was laughing at my coworker. Is uh, um yeah, Edge was... Edge and Beth Phoenix have a kid together. Wow. Um, lucky man. He was saying that uh. Him and his son watch wrestling, and uh, that I guess one of the times she had her hair down, he was like, "Oh, she oh, looks Lana. good." Yeah, he, he he's his son. Like I don't know how old his son, is, but he like it's like, "Hey, doesn't she look good?" <laughs> <laughs> I guess his son didn't really say anything. So I guess they didn't go to the WWE house show. I told him about that. Yeah. She had her hair down. Mm-hmm. So uh, so yeah. So after that, we got to see uh, Xavier Woods and Big E of the New Day. Going up against Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. And uh, <laughs> and Xavier and Biggie end up getting the victory. So uh, I, I, I can't stand that music they have. New day. New day. You can't stand their music, their theme song? I can't find it. Okay. New what do you think day. about the uh, the matchup? Um, doubt that, yeah, they'll... Cesaro and a kid lost. Uh, mm-hmm. What did they lose with? I forgot. How did they lose? I don't remember. Doug, do you happen to remember how they lost? Uh, because something to do with Natalia, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. I don't, I don't know. think so. Did they just... I felt like they. Off. I felt like they played up the Natalia thing again. Am I? Completely I know they did in the, in the next match with Natalia going up against Naomi. Like, 
You know, that's another weird thing that they did this raw is they transitioned matches through each other instantly. Like one part they did it twice. They did it with mm-hmm. the intercontinental match. They did it with this match where they had people come down to like stand at ringside or interfere, and they're like, "Oh, you also have the next yeah. match." It's convenient <laughs> well, that you I was in to- the area. You know, thought I'd sw- swing by and say hi. I don't know. Like, I don't know why that they needed. I don't know why they need to beat the fucking champs. I'm not a huge Wade Barrett fan, but they've had like six guys beat him recently. Yeah. And that's how they're establishing like the multi man match. Hasn't won a match in like two months. Same thing with the the tag teams. Like, you can build contenders without beating your champions. But that's not WWE booking. They like booking their champs to be weak. So any whoever's a champion, unless your name is Brock Lesnar, you're going to be made to look weak. Sorry. Or John Cena. Or possibly Randy Orton. Ah, Rusev looks strong as fuck. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. But uh, Xavier and Big E do end up getting the yeah, victory. Yeah, man, no, one, no one's been booked better than Rusev outside of Brock Lesnar. Mm-hmm. So that takes us into Bork. the next matchup. Naomi going up against Natalia. Naomi ends up getting the win. And uh, Natalia was none too pleased with Tyson Kidd and ends up taking his tag team title, saying, I am the tag team champions. So, or I guess she's taking her half of uh, his stuff. And so, since his half is the tag team championship, one thing I did uh, chuckle that was. Prenup. Yeah. <laughs> Something that you need to have because when she leaves your ass, she's going to leave with half, like half the tag mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I thought uh, I was waiting for you guys to chime in. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. My bad. But uh, but Cesaro was sitting there going like, "Dude, go back and get your title. That's that's yours." But uh, yeah, get your shit. So Naomi ends up getting the victory, um, and that takes it into the next matchup. Los Matadores going up against the Usos, and Los Matadores end up getting the victory. So uh, <laughs> weird things going on here. So, well, how else are we gonna get to that four team <laughs> tag match at Mania? So we have New Day. We could we could just tell a really fucking awesome story with the Usos and the Masters of the WWE Universe could. or Brass Ring Club, whatever the fuck they're calling them. <laughs> so, yeah, I think they're just calling them Kid and Cesaro. But yeah, um, we could just tell the one cat swings or we could just cats. tell one awesome story with them. But and hear me out here. <laughs> why don't we tell one shitty story and put four twice the teams in it? Yeah, wouldn't that? That's mm. more bang for your buck. Yeah, and I don't mean the young bucks. We'll have the new day. <laughs> we'll have the new day defeat the current champions, and then we'll have Los Matadores, who haven't been on Raw in probably six or seven weeks, defeat the previous tag team champions, and so now everyone has the claim for the titles, Yay. right? Do you remember when people? You remember the Ascension are nowhere to be found. You remember yeah. when our gimmick was the guys who were too easy on the WWE? I feel like we've done yeah. nothing but take one giant <laughs> shit on WrestleMania. They've done the same to us, so <laughs> I feel they deserve like, it. I feel like, um, and it's nothing. It's not even just because of how they booked the Royal Rumble for Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan's our boy, and we haven't even talked hard. about that since exactly. it happened. We're talking about all the other stuff. Yeah, they've done so much bad here lately. It's just, it's it just feels effortless. Effortless, as in they're not putting in the effort to, mm-hmm. to tell a story. Yeah, like this time last year, we were pumped for Mania. Pump, pumped. What do you think is the single best story that they're they're telling right now? Rusev and Cena, maybe. I would I wouldn't be inclined to agree with that. <laughs> At least on the Rusev end, I, I don't I don't like what they did. To me, it didn't make sense that that Cena, that that Lana would like. 
She didn't want to see her man get hurt. Yeah, but the thing about that is, is he already took the ass whooping. Yeah. He's already hurt. He's already yeah. unconscious. <laughs> so just let him write it out and not have to defend his belt. <laughs> he already got the ass whooping. Yeah. Just say, just wait for someone to break it up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Which, of course, didn't happen until after she agreed to the match. Sure. The referees certainly did take their well, time getting out there. and We can't be too much of a stickler. That's just pro <laughs> wrestling. That's how pro wrestling works. But So remember, kids... Don't be a bully. Just when you want something, beat it out of the person that you want it from. Yeah. Until they or their girlfriend agrees to be a your star. conditions. Also, be John, a star. John Cena, if you're gonna if you're gonna defend America, John Cena, I want you Don't use bully tactics. Well, first of all, I don't really care if you defend America or not. <laughs> My point is like, don't be the asshole who's like, you can't say anything about America. Like, be the guy who's like, Yeah, man, you can say you know, you can say what you want to say about America. Like, I just don't. I, I don't like the. I guess I don't like the the Russia USA like dynamic of the match. Where, I thought, where has he been the whole the past like year where Rusev has been on this tirade about America, and all of a sudden because he's thrown into the title picture, he's like, oh wait, I need to represent America. Like this whole time he could have come out at any point, similar to how The Rock did, just randomly on Raw. And say whatever it was he did, moose knuckle, I don't know. But yes. at any point during the past year, Cena could have come out since he's apparently so patriotic now. He could have come out and shut him up. Well, that that continuity. Uh, I mean, no angle can hold up to that level of scrutiny because oh, yeah. you would say that about any babyface who would ever fight where he says, like, if he matters now, <laughs> why didn't it matter, like... Yeah. yeah, and one thing that I noticed, like last week on SmackDown, they had they had uh, Rusev going up against Jack Swagger. I'm like, again, like this one has been He's proven that he can. Make, yeah, he this can one has been beaten into the ground so badly. Like are, people are just not getting behind Jack Swagger anymore. Well, they, they, like they, they dig the We the People stuff, but Zeb's out, and he's I don't know. The, the reason I give them a pass on stuff like that is that Jack Swagger can afford to do the job. Yeah, I pro. Please give me guys who can afford to lose losing the guys who can't afford to lose. Stop giving me guys who can't afford to lose beating each other. Mm-hmm. I much prefer that. <laughs> Man, we're so negative this week. I feel bad. <laughs> but we're having fun, though, right? Are you having fun? Yeah, but I feel like if someone like listens <laughs> Let's to talk about more taquitos, time, man. I, I mean, feel like if someone's listening to this show for the first time, they're like, those are some negative motherfuckers. <laughs> they hate everything about this. Not taquitos. Well... Yeah, but there is no WWE branded taquitos yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah. So after that, we got to see Bray Wyatt calling out the Undertaker. I would love to get an iTunes reviews. Is like, love the taquito talk. <laughs> <laughs> Hated the wrestling talk. <laughs> taquitos, yes. Wrestling, no. Saw eye this eye was eye. a taquito podcast. Saw eye to eye with them on the taquito pod. Uh, t- taquito talk. Not so much the wrestling talk. Change it to TNS. Taco or taquito news source. It's like, uh, <laughs> hey guys, welcome to this uh, week's podcast. Guess what? Guess what restaurant I tried today? They're taquitos. It's awesome. Top notch. Top notch. Ten out of ten. Taquito Tuesday. <laughs> so, what what do you like in your taquitos? Obviously chicken. Well, I, I'm do you dip sure. it in salsa? Would you prefer queso on it? Like, I'm a salsa guy. Yeah, I'm a salsa guy. But I don't think. See. I think Sour what cream. I think what makes a, a taquito is pretty strict. It's like the the fried up shell, and then mm-hmm. you got the meat. I don't think you can 
get too free with what else you put in there. Yeah. I always like those frozen ones, the beef ones, and yeah. I like getting Taco Bell sauce and putting it on there. Mm, there you go. That's what I'm talking about. So Bray Wyatt calls out The Undertaker. He's got the urn. The urn starts spewing out some uh, some fog. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> then you know, lightning strikes and Bray Wyatt's chair gets caught on fire. Um, I don't know, because like the fans were, were digging it, and then they realized that Undertaker wasn't coming out. Like, so, fuck. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. The Monday before um, I don't know. Mania, we're gonna have Taker on Raw. We're gonna have Sting on Raw. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar on Raw. I'm calling it. Sting, yes. Lesnar, yes. Undertaker, no. I think it's gonna be nothing but the mind games that Undertaker plays. I'm um, calling it. How about you, Doug? Uh, you're asking me to call whether or not Undertaker actually appears on Raw before WrestleMania. That and what you thought about Bray Wyatt calling out the Undertaker and oh, that I, whole I, skit. I didn't love it. I mean, uh, for the supernaturally stuff to work for me, it's like it's a real fine line between hokey and like hokey and, and what will work for me, you know. And I feel like it's a really hard line to walk. I don't know that they accomplished that. Mm. Um, I don't even know that I would if I accept the Undertaker stuff just because it's, it's the Undertaker because it's the Undertaker and I've watched wrestling all my life and the Undertaker's been in the WWE for such a big portion of my life. Like, do I accept it because of that or because am I just giving it a pass because of all the history I have with it or if right. I I don't know I it just didn't work for me it's, and it's always that thing where like I'm still in the mindset like. Undertaker should be done. He should retire. He should have like twenty one and one. That's the last we see of the Undertaker. Went out, you know, like they like they say, your final match, you go out on your back, you know, and looks like we're not getting that. So hey, are you going to take a shit? <laughs> okay, have fun. But um, <laughs> but but I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things where I'm still. Going, what are they? What do they have to gain from Undertaker? Aside from a, a few extra buys, a few people still drawing in, but like, do you go twenty one and one, uh, twenty one and two, or do you go twenty two and one? Like, what? Where does this go? Well, like, I'm not. I guess I'm not seeing like the bigger picture. I'm seeing the now, and maybe that's my problem. Well, I th- I don't think that my problem with it is that. For to help Bray, he has to win. Mm-hmm. But even then, I don't think it helps him because the streak has already been, yeah, uh, been taken. So it's not really that big of a deal anymore. Yep. And I mean, you've been building Bray Wyatt up for several months now, and if you have him lose, he's lost all of that, and he's lost every other big feud that he's been in. So he mm-hmm. can't afford to lose another one. But why bring Taker back just to lose again two in a row? Yeah, to, the, to then have a, a losing streak for for the Undertaker at WrestleMania. So the the bigger issue I have, whether other than Taker's not there to promote it, mm-hmm. uh, the supernatural stuff is a little too hokey sometimes for my taste. The bigger problem is it, it seems like a lose lose situation. Yeah, Bray's not going to benefit in a significant way from this, mm-hmm. and Taker's not going to benefit in a significant mm-hmm. way from this. Here's a question: Had they gone twenty-two and zero, Undertaker defies the odds, beats Brock Lesnar. 
So then this year, he faces Bray Wyatt, who wants to become the new face of fear. Would the better selling point be the passing of the torch, have Bray Wyatt be the one to beat the streak? I love... I'm a humongous Brock Lesnar fan. I feel like all the work he's done since he's been back has been top-notch. I still maintain that he was the wrong guy for business mm-hmm. to end the streak. As big of a fan as I am of him, I still yeah. think that's the wrong call. And I think it's never more evident than now because if he leaves mm-hmm. and you don't make Roman Reigns off this, which I arguably they can't no matter what they do because he's just not over enough, yep. uh, you wasted that gigantic mechanism for getting someone over. Mm-hmm on him when it could have gone to someone like Bray Wyatt who's the up and comer he could be the new face of fear he could be the new spiritual you know force in the WWE how was that shit (laughs) 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 drops the kids off oh god Um, what the hell (laughs) um, I mean I, I think I think Bray is still to a certain extent is still an unproven commodity mm hmm and a so, lot of people would say, well, you know, you, you passed on Lesnar, but you give it to a guy like Bray Wyatt, who's, you know, unproven in a sense. He, it's unbelievable. But like I said, it could have been a passing of the torch type of moment where it's like, you know, Bray's the new evil now. Well, the thing is, is, is it a better gamble to gamble on an unknown commodity who's going to benefit from it? Or is mm-hmm. it better to gamble on giving it to an established guy and then, then you're rolling the dice if they can parlay that into making another guy. So, yeah. what is the what is the the lesser gamble there? I don't know if there's a, a clear answer to that. I think Lesnar himself could have made Reigns. He didn't need the streak to do it. Um, sure. I mean, Lesnar's been on a tear. I mean, yeah. Like they could have had him just lose, and it'd be you know a fluke a fluke win for the Undertaker. Like he wins by count out or, you know. You mean Lesnar lose to Taker? Uh, yes, Lesnar lose well, to Taker. Well, see, if, if you're going to make Roman off of off of uh, Brock Lesnar, I would have never done the Brock Lesnar-Taker match. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Lesnar can I don't think Lesnar can lose that match and then still make Roman at WrestleMania. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you don't do Roman and Lesnar at WrestleMania. It just means you don't do Lesnar and Taker in yeah. the previous year. Or they could have had... Taker and Wyatt that year. And although that would have taken out something for, for Cena, but you know, I mean, I don't know. Wyatt is as unproven as Roman is unproven. Yeah. They're, they're pretty equal footing in my eyes as far as show promise, but have not fulfilled it. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, like the thing is for me is we know how bright, uh, Bray Wyatt is on the mic. We know that he can deliver promos. We know he's fairly solid in the ring, and that can only get better, you know, through time. Well, you Which, would hope, yeah. And the same could be said said for Roman. You know, his mic skills could improve over time. His in ring work could improve over time. But I don't know. I feel like it, and, and we've discussed this for countless years now about the Undertaker streak. It should have gone to someone to to establish themselves. You know, as the the new guy you know we, we talked about it last year it, it could have been roman reigns who could have been the one to to beat the streak and now we're talking about bray wyatt could have been the one to, to to beat the streak so that you know this could solidify their career in the wwe as opposed to brock lesnar who might be going back to the ufc now 
Or Bellator. Or Bellator. Or MMA. You know, right, right. Somewhere where they wouldn't care about the Undertaker streak. Well, more than not care, they would probably actively make fun of it. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. It's a, it, it's a gamble either way. It's just, what do you see as a lesser gamble? Mm. I guess I'm just, I don't know. It's just weird. I mean, I, gr- I agree that it's, um, it, it should have went to a younger guy. That, mm-hmm. But the thing about that is, I think if you give it to the younger guy, he has, you have to be sure that he is going to break out. Yeah. Um, you know, but um, I don't know, man. I feel like um, I could I could have seen them giving it to Roman, mm-hmm. um, even more so than than Wyatt. Even I I don't know, man. It's it's a weird thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Good debate though. Always fun. Did we debate? I felt like we agree with each other a little bit. I mean, we both kind of went back and forth a little bit, so. I'll, I'll call it a debate. Why not? Uh, so that takes us into the uh, the main event of the evening. You say taquito, I say, I say roll chicken. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but we we essentially mean the same thing. Right, so. Right. Uh, so yeah, so uh, after that we got the main event, which is a two-on-one handicap match. Roman Reigns going up against Orton and Rollins. Uh, Orton never getting into the matchup. Uh, Roman Reigns taking care of business. Rollins trying to make the tag to Orton, and Orton Whoop. pulls his hand away and... You know, signifying, oh, it's about to go down. You're going to be my bitch. You're going to be my bitch. So, uh, Roman Reigns ends up getting the victory, and then... Tyler uh, is obsessed with saying the word bitch lately. He is. Like, that's his thing. Say it again. Why? Uh, give him an opportunity, and he passes. Okay, he so... about it, about it. Yeah. He's about saying that bitch. <laughs> oh, uh, saying it that over. bitch. There you go. I wonder how many times he said it this oh, episode alone. Who wants to count that? Four I, or five? Not I'll it. say ten. Ten? No, I don't think so. Maybe more? Nope. Less. Less? Yeah. No, all right. All right. We'll see. So, uh, yeah. So, Roman Reigns ends up defeating Orton and Rollins. Orton decides to strike on Rollins. Now that Big Show and Kane are gone, and he and Rollins sent J&J security to the back. He doesn't the need back. them. They've been nothing but trouble. So, I don't know. What do y'all think about... Uh, I mean, the matchup wasn't really much. But uh, what do you think about the uh, the beatdown that Orton gave to Rollins? This is the start, I guess, of, hey, we're going to fight at Mania. Yeah. Match number 10. Woo! I feel like it's anticlimactic just because everyone knew it was coming, mm-hmm. even though they tried to diverge. But I felt like he had more momentum when he came back <laughs> actively opposing him instead of pretending to be his friend just to set him up later. Absolutely. Uh, I felt like they killed all the momentum he had. Crowd, The crowd was hot in the beginning, at the very beginning of Raw, whenever he was delivering that promo, and then he killed it, and then they did this, and the crowd started getting into it, and then whenever he, once he started attacking... You know, also, who also likes to say bitch a lot lately, Randy Orton. Tyler yeah. Randy Orton. Yeah. Not so different. Nope. <laughs> We're friends. You say Orton, I say a bear, you know. But uh say tomato. Yeah. So uh yeah, I mean and and like the the beatdown was so odd in the beginning that the crowd just kind of died out. You know, like there were a few fans who were still into it, but it just it wasn't I don't know. Like I feel like if he was going to shout and scream at Rollins, he should have at least had a microphone so that the fans in the audience could hear what he was saying. But I don't know. I feel like it was too little too late. And uh, 
crowd wasn't all that into it. Yeah. So, so anything I agree. else? I agree. Anything else from to take away from Raw this week? No. As we go past the hour mark just to cover Raw. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so there you go. But now it's something really cool. Hope you enjoy it. You're listening to a special interview segment for the official podcast for WrestlingNewsSource.com. Okay, folks, joining us on the show this week, he is considered the godfather of MMA, also the world's most dangerous man, and one of the first inductees into the UFC Hall of Fame, the one and only Mr. Ken Shamrock. Ken, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, We certainly appreciate your time. For all the information on Ken Shamrock, you can go to his website, kenshamrock.com. You can also follow him on Twitter, at ShamrockKen. The main reason we're having you on here is you're going to be facing Kimbo Slice at Bellator on June 20th, Live on Spike, and I know it's been a while since your last fight, so uh, I have to ask you, you know, what what are you planning on changing in your training in preparation for Kimbo? <laughs> well, it's been a while since I've uh, actually gone into this uh, type of training. Um, what I needed to do, um, and because of my knowledge of, of my body, um, that I needed more time to prepare, so... Uh, this is going to be a six-month preparation for me going into this fight. Um, I had to make sure that I got my body into shape. Mm-hmm. I, um, oh, I always stay in shape, but I had to get into into shape to where I could actually start in the training. So there's three phases here. One, I had to get my body into shape to where I could actually start doing the CrossFit training and the CrossFit training then into the sparring and preparation for the fight. So what I do for that is is that I go into the gym and I hit the weights I strengthen the muscles, I stretch them, and uh, and making sure that I'm in condition to be able to do uh, the CrossFit stuff, which will be the ropes, the hammers, um, the, the core strength stuff with the tubings, and then being able to, from that, moving into the actual uh, sparring with kickboxing and also with takedowns and the grappling. And this is what I have to prepare for, and each one of these things takes about six weeks uh, for me to get to the next step. Very intense. You know, something that might help you in your journey to this fight against Kimbo is your is your current crowdfunding project uh, on fanback.com, the Shamrock Slam drink. It's considered the first technical fitness drink. Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, just like I've always, I think my reputation's really starting to precede itself now, is that I've been very fortunate to be in the startup of a lot of different things. I was in the startup of the Pancreas Organization in Japan. Uh, became a, a a big figure over there. Uh, then I was also in the UFC, the startup of that, and I was a big figure in that twice. Not only in the beginning, but also back in when they some, when the Fertitas took it over. I was also the big figure for that UFC. So two two different times in the UFC, one in the old Bard era, one in the MMA era, and then also to being a big figure, uh, being the first one to be able to cross over into the World Wrestling Federation and and uh, and be a big figure there. With these things, I've done a lot of things uh, the first time. And I have an opportunity now with the bare-knuckle boxing to be the first one to really jump into bare-knuckle boxing, bring that to the professional level. These are the things that I have opportunities to do for the first time. So this crowdfunding thing and the drink is also something that hasn't been done yet as far as the type of drink that we have. This is a science fitness energy drink. There's no other drink out there like it. It's the first one made, and it is absolutely amazing. 
fact is, with my training right now, and when people see the shape that I'm in, a lot of it goes to um, the things I'm doing. I've got a friend that has Fight Labs. I'm taking uh, his Invincible, which is a, it was, uh, some pills that he has called Invincible, and also some pills called Freedom, and that's Fight Labs. Uh, but on top of that, which is making these things happen with the energy and the vitamins and things that I'm getting from the Shamrock Slam is what's really driving all these things to happen. So um, I'm having a tremendous training camp right now. It's just starting out. I'm way ahead of the game. And it's because of these supplements and stuff that I'm taking. So we want to be able to bring the fans in, people who want to get involved and be a part of Team Shamrock. They're going to have that availability with this crowdfunding to be a part of something new and something very, very good. Very cool. And for all the information on that, on the Shamrock Slam crowdfunding project, you can visit the website, kenshamrock.com. You'll find a link there to take you over. It's got some pretty cool incentives as well. You get to check out, you get to test out the drink. Uh, you've also delved into uh, Fighter Source. You're now one of, the, one of the owners of the world's largest amateur MMA league, Fighter Source. What brought interest for you to hop on board with that project? Well, my passion's always been about um, helping uh, the youth, and and this is no different, except these youths are 21, 22, 23 years old, and maybe even older than that, but they're very young in the MMA world. And since I've already been through all the, the hurdles and the ups and downs in, in the world of professional MMA, uh, I can really turn around and help these guys uh, prepare for their future. Um, get them prepared to go up and be a professional athlete, making sure they get all the skills that they need to be able to be successful when they get there. And um, to be a part of this league was something that, um, as uh, my business partner, had reached out to these guys because he, he knew my heart. He knew this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to be not necessarily in the professional uh, rankings of, of being a part of a professional organization, but more in the amateurs, because I felt like I could offer more there. These kids are young, they need, they're willing to learn, and I have so much that I can offer them moving up, that the information I can give them, the knowledge that I have that I can give them, so that when they're first starting out, they can do all the right things instead of making the mistakes that a lot of these guys are making starting out, because there's no one there to guide them. Um, this was very important to me, and I'm, I'm very excited to be a part of this and be able to help these young uh, MMA fighters, uh, professional MMA, or amateur MMA fighters turn professional. So uh, we also have a uh, organization or, or a uh, business called ProRage, which is an agency where we take these young MMA fighters who are just coming through the ranks, and this is part of the, the idea I told you about, about being able to help them make good decisions, uh, making sure they're prepared going into the professional ranks. Um, we're, we're also going to offer management for these professional uh, guys that are going to just turn pro, uh, coming from these amateur uh, statuses, and be able to guide them in the right direction, making sure they make the right decisions, and making sure they get what they deserve. So we're very excited to be a part of uh, Fighter Source and also have a pro rage agency that will help these kids when they turn pro making good decisions and getting what they deserve. As far as leading the young younger fighters down that path, showing them the ins and outs, we are a wrestling show, so I kind of have to ask you your thoughts on CM Punk fighting in the UFC and uh, what advice you would give to him. Well, first of all, I would tell him, man, uh, listen, have fun. You know, uh, don't let the pressure of everybody saying that you've got to produce 
because uh, this is your first fight, and you need to go in there, and and, I'll, and I think that they're doing him right. I don't think they're going to do what they did to Brock and just throw him right into the top and, and have him fight for his life. Um, I believe that they're going to give him somebody that's uh, in the, the caliber of where he's at right now, give him a chance to grow. Um, I think it's tremendous what he's doing. My hat's off to him. I think that uh, there shouldn't be so much pressure on people who want to step out and try something because they come from somewhere else, like, for instance, pro wrestling. He built a huge name for himself. He's a superstar. And he's taking all of that that he built, he's putting it on the line by jumping in the cage. To me, that takes balls. And my hat's off to him. And anybody else who say, well, that's not really a smart business move. Listen, you live one time. Mm-hmm. And if there's things that you want to do in life, man, live your life, man. Don't let people, you know, make you afraid of taking chances in life. And if you fail... It's no big deal. Get back up and fight through it and, and and be successful again. If you did it once, you can do it again. So my hat's off to him, man. I support him. Absolutely. You know, you got to go out there and do what you want to do and don't let anyone stop you. Now, you have switched back and forth from MMA to professional wrestling over the years. Do you have a preference of, of the two? I don't. Um, I really enjoy both of them tremendously. They really made me who I am today. I'm not Ken Shamrock, the MMA world champion, no holes barred fighter. I'm Ken Shamrock, the the world's most dangerous man, professional wrestling and MMA world champion. Absolutely, and uh, you know, you spoke earlier about your your training regimens, what what you have to go through in order to prepare for a fight. But when you're in professional wrestling, you're constantly on the road, you're constantly putting on performances. So people say, well, yes, it is fake. However, your body is taking quite a toll. So which would you say is more physically demanding for you uh, or on you, training to fight in MMA and you know maybe winning in a few minutes or training in a match for a wrestling ring where you know the match will go 10, 15 minutes and then you have to get up the very next night or the very next week and do it all over again? Well, you said it right there that you got to get up and do it again. It's mm-hmm. not like you can take a couple months off. So there's no question in my mind that um, my stint in, in the World Wrestling Federation was a lot tougher on me than my stint in the in the MMA, and not to say is that you know going into a fight that that's not tough on you because it is. But I was good. I mean, I, I felt at home in that ring, and I I didn't sustain too many damages when I was actually fighting. Most of mine came in training, so um, I, I I really really um, really believed uh, with my experiences that it was a lot tougher on me having to get up day to day and go out there and take. 10, 15, 20 bumps, seven or eight or 10 days in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was tough. And then getting on a plane and traveling to the next town. So it was a lot more grueling than I think most people realize. Absolutely. It's it's one of those things where they say, you know, if you get into the world of professional wrestling, you're never again at 100%. <laughs> but um, You're right about that. That's a good saying, too. And once you become a professional wrestler and you get on tour you are done being healthy <laughs> now uh now training for mma fights you know you, you're you're taught certain things things become very uh instinctive very reactionary so when you made the transition from mma to professional wrestling did you have to instinctively or or tell your mind okay, he's going to try and throw a punch. Don't put him in an arm bar. Don't try and seriously hurt this guy. No, I actually I actually kept my reflexes and my, my counters because um, when, we're, when we were actually practicing in the gym, you know, we weren't out to try and tap people out. 
So we would go through all these different moves and, and, and put people in different moves, even when I was training for MMA, but I wasn't applying the hold to tap them out. Mm-hmm. And I basically just applied those same methods and, and the same kind of stuff to pro wrestling where I wasn't going in there to try to break their arm or leg. I was going in there to try and put a hold on them and uh, counter whatever it is they were doing. And that's basically how I went about it was that they, they tried to, to, to uh, uh, duck over me, I would do a, a rollover, sunset flip into a knee bar. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just used counters for everything that pro wrestling had done to me. I would counter it with the submission. Very cool. During your time there in the in the WWE, they brought in guys like Steve Blackman and Dan Severn, you know, fellow MMA fighters, as well as yourself on the roster, and even featured a Lions Den match a few times. Was there a bond between you guys, or did you kind of keep your distance from one another, or who you know who did you bond with backstage? Well, I was. Uh, I think I, I actually traveled a lot with Steve Blackman. I traveled a lot with uh, Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Um, and but really, I think I got along with everybody pretty much. You know, there's a few of them there that we just, for whatever reason, didn't see. Um, I don't know, just didn't didn't uh, quite, you know, mesh. But but for the majority of them, I thought I had gotten along with everybody pretty much. Yeah, and uh, we always like hearing on the road stories. You always try and picture who someone is riding with, and you always get some strange combinations. So was there ever like an interesting road story that happened with, with you and some of the guys you were riding with? I will never talk about them. <laughs> totally understandable. Uh, <laughs> you know, but you, may, you had such an impact in your time in WWE. You went on to other promotions as well to wrestle, and fans are still talking about you. They were hoping maybe you'd be a surprise entrant in this, in this year's Royal Rumble. Uh, you know, how's your relationship with WWE? Are you on speaking terms? Do you all, you know, what, what's, what's the we're deal not, with that? We're not on speaking terms because I've reached out several times and mm-hmm. I never got a, a response. Um, I actually, at one time, it went to um, Shane McMahon years back to kind of find out what, you know, where I stood, and I got no response back. Mm. Shane said that they're just, they're not really there yet with, with using me. I don't know. He he didn't give me an, uh, I didn't want to dig either because I didn't want to put him on the spot. Right. But, um, I mean, I'm sure he got any, uh, something, but it wasn't something he wanted to tell me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I didn't want to press him. I didn't want to put him in the middle of it. So, I, like I said, I don't know. I mean, I've seen so many guys go back there that have done... Mm-hmm some pretty horrible things like even leaving the WWF and going to WCW and they still came back. Yeah. Um, and, you know, in fact is, you know, some of them are, 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 you know, practically running the company and they jumped to WCW. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what I did. Um, uh, and, but no one's told me, and uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I the fans, as, as far as I know, and I, I hope I'm not wrong. But I think the majority of the fans want to see me back, and if that's mm-hmm. the case, then then why ain't I coming back? Absolutely, and you know, like you know, just I was, in preparation for this interview, I went back and listened to your theme, and it just got it got me pumped up. It was one of those lasting themes that that people talked about during the Attitude Era, and it was really cool. Growing up, who would you say was one of the biggest influences in your life and in your fighting career? Well, I would have to say my dad was, well, my father would got to me know in the group home, was a huge influence on, on changing my life, on getting me going in the right direction, and also, too, being uh, a, a, a Christian and uh, the Lord Jesus Christ really 
uh, helped me uh, really become a better person. So th- those are the things that really stand out to me as as uh, mentors or life-changing situations that really helped me be the man I am today. There's a lot of good people out there, uh, a lot of people that influenced my life along the way uh, that uh, really encouraged me to be strong and and to you know to to stay in it, not to to take all these little things and and let them get in the way and just focus on what you you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but like I said, a lot of most of these things that I did, I was the one that started them. You know, I was the one of the guys that was out there doing it first. So it wasn't like I could learn from anybody. Pro wrestling was different. You know, I had Bret Hart and. You know, a lot of different guys that I worked with that took me under their wing and really helped me understand psychology of pro wrestling. Um, so that's definitely a lot of guys in the locker room who were always supportive of me being there. It was it was really a good thing, and I really appreciated that. But like you talk about Pancrase, and you talk about the UFC, or you you know you talk about what I'm doing right now. A lot of these things I did first. I mean, there was me and the guys that were doing it first. So the really went over there that we look up to to go, hey, you mentored me because we were doing it first. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, yeah. So and again, like I said, I've been pretty fortunate in that in that sense to have been in the beginning of a lot of things. Very cool. And I know there's a lot of speculation uh, over what Brock Lesnar uh, will do after this year's WrestleMania. His contract's coming to a close and there seems to be some clashing going on. Uh, You know, would you like to see him return to UFC or, you know, if or would you prefer to see him try and get a bigger contract in WWE? What what would you like to see him do? I think Brock Lesnar is a tremendous talent uh, in MMA and in the UFC. Uh, and in uh, pro wrestling, WWE, uh, he's tremendous. He's a big personality, and um, uh, I hope he gets what he wants. I, w- I hope he does what what makes him happy. Final question for you, Mr. Ken Shamrock. When it's all said and done, what would you like your legacy to be? Well, I want people to to look at me um, as and and the most important thing to me. It's not about the championship belts, and it's not about all the accomplishments that I've done. It's about me being me as a human being. Who do people say I am? Uh, a loving father, a loving husband, a good friend, a good person. These are things that are important to me. A good Christian brother, a good Christian, you know, uh, mentor or uh, or or student. Um, these are things that are important to me. That if 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 I was to to um, you know pass on tomorrow, um, I want people to look at me as a human being and who I was as a human being. Very cool stuff. Well, best of luck to you facing Kimbo Slice at Bellator on June 20th, live on Spike. For more information on Mr. Ken Shamrock, you can follow him on Twitter at ShamrockKen or go to KenShamrock.com. Also, too, uh, because I've only probably got two or three more fights left in me. I realize that my time is, 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 is really starting to come to an end. I'm enjoying myself right now. I'm very healthy. I'm excited about this second opportunity and the way my body's responding to training. I'm very fortunate to be where I'm at. But I also, because of that, I want my fans, I want to draw my fans in to be a part of this journey with me. And the way that I'm doing that is I'm writing a blog, a weekly blog, 
that you can go to on my website, kenshamrock.com, and you can go to the blog, and I write a paragraph about my training and, or what I've been up to that week, and it's on a weekly basis. It also has pictures and videos of my training and different things that I've been doing. And uh, you can go to my contact page on my website, and you can leave your comment uh, on what it is that you have to say to me, and I'll respond back to you. But this is what I'm doing because I really believe that I wouldn't be where I'm at without my fans. They've given me tremendous support and, 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 and a huge opportunity to keep doing the things that I'm doing. This is my way of showing my appreciation to them is bringing them uh, in close to my training, inside my training, so they can be a part of this journey with me. Mr. Shamrock, it has certainly been a pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. Again, thank you very much for your time, and uh, and best of luck in your fight. All right. Thank you, my brother. Have a good one. You too. And now, Total Divas with Doug and Tyler. Mostly Doug. No wonder we call you fat on Twitter. Shut up! I have to say, I feel like a real diva. You are a grown-ass woman. All right. Total Divas time. I represent. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so there's two episodes. Uh, I only got to watch uh, one episode, and it wasn't the season finale. Don't, so. don't tell them that part. Just say, hey, there were two episodes th- this week. We're covering one episode this we week. We love you so much. We're, we're going to stretch, stretch it out. out. <laughs> yeah, what he said. Yeah, it's going to be Coke. One, two. It's in my fridge. Um, Sweet. So I'm trying to think how many storylines are there. Uh, there was... Paige uh, was with Foxy and um, Rosa, and uh, Paige likes this guy. I his name is Bradley. He's in some band. And what kind uh, of band? A rubber band, man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, so. They they wanted to do this um, girls weekend thing, but Paige invited that guy and his friend. And uh, did she? No, he he was really nice, but she um, pretty much is like making it known that's just her fuck buddy. Um, did she did she say this is my fuck buddy? Pretty much, yeah. No, no, I mean she said quotes fuck buddy quote end quote. Uh, she said fuck something, but it was like one word. I, I guess she said my fuck, or I don't know. She said bitch. fuck? Yeah. Did they believe it? Yeah. How'd you know it was fuck? I'm just guessing. <laughs> what uh, if she's like, this is my shit buddy? My shit buddy. <laughs> this is my damn buddy. <laughs> but, um. Your, your favorite, well, this is my bitch buddy. My bitch buddy. You're my bitch bitch. Um, and she was hot and cold with him, like, throughout the whole episode. Um, this how guy. Do you, how do you mean? <sighs> Yeah, in what ways? <laughs> was she like giving mixed signals? Yeah, well, she would like she's kiss like, on him and she's stuff like, like that. And she's like, like, "This is the traffic signal for fuck buddies. Green light. Oh, red light. <laughs> Green light. Oh, red light." Well, the she would like. Uh, Have you ever played green light? <laughs> red light. Green light. <laughs> Could I be any more distracting to you right now? Red light. Yes. <laughs> uh, she. It would hug on him and kiss on him and different things like that. And Can we like, acknowledge something she, before no, we go to no, this? <laughs> no. Can we acknowledge that in the beginning, this this segment was all about me saying it, and then you would, you would always never get a chance to watch it now, even though the intro 
stays the same. I want to acknowledge that it has the dynamic is flipped, and you always watch, and I always miss it. So I yeah. just wanted to give you your propers. Continue. Okay. Continue. <laughs> um, there's other times where he would be around, and she would just kind of ignore him and stuff like that, and just would tell him to fuck off. And uh, again, are we are we saying fuck? Oh, this time I knew it was fuck off because it would go beep, and then she still say off. So I don't know what else it'd be. Maybe she's saying, hey, jerk off. Like, (laughs) we're not having sex. You might as well jerk off. (laughs) Jerk off, okay? (laughs) Not here at the beach. Um, Yeah, and then at at the beach, they met this random guy to take a picture. Because I guess he, that Bradley guy was on the beach with them, but he was somewhere else. And after he came back up, the other guy that was taking pictures with them, they're like, they're like, oh, why don't you come hang out with us? And they're like, just hanging in the same stuff. Oh, this is this Bradley is my fuck buddy. And then I think he didn't like that, so he walked off. So was he like emotionally invested and she ain't having it? Yeah. And then she... At Rid- the, riddle me this. Okay. What is her gimmick on this, on this show? Like, is she like um, hard and exterior? Like, you can't get... In, in, inside or whatever she will flirt with people and stuff like that and she'll she'll mess with people but she don't really like show feelings of love maliciously like it's a game for her or she's just she's your friend but she likes to fuck with you she like she wants to have sex but she's not emotionally available or she's just maliciously fucking with dudes like haha like you know what i mean you understand what the i just think distinction i'm trying to make what what turned out happened though is pretty much is like she likes guys but she don't want to be in a relationship because she's been fucked over a f- uh, so many times and stuff and she has commitment issues. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Fair so enough. and because well before that she said all that she kind of just told that guy that and and she told him that you might as well just leave and stuff like that and all the stuff that she said. She was talking to Foxy and um, Rosa about that, and they're like, I can't believe you said that to him because he was a nice guy. And he, he seems like a nice guy on the show. But um, right. he was about to leave, and she went to go talk to him after she talked to Rosa. And then, and then she told her her situation to him, and you know she's, she wants to work on it. So, so they're going to work on that situation. But apparently he's back in the uh, season finale. So Does he seem like he's going to be <clears throat> excuse me, does he seem like he's going to be a recurring character, like background character going forward like a Vinny or something? Yes, but in the previews of the season finale, something else happens again and they look like they're arguing. Cliffhanger. Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll save the cliffhanger for next week. And I will. And I will save for next week like you just said. Um... <laughs> Uh, there's a little storyline with um, TJ and Natalia. Pretty much. Um, Let me guess. Let me try and guess before you go into this. They're arguing about their marriage and their problems. They both come across like grade A assholes. Their cat's still ugly. How'd that do? <laughs> no, you're almost right. Talk about the cats. <laughs> the cats. <laughs> Uh, oh, it involves the cats directly? Yes. Okay. Well, first part, they were at Raw, and they go into the guest uh, room or whatever. This is the, this the Raw with Grumpy Cat. Or is it Grumpy oh, Cat? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I do remember seeing so that. So they're yeah. taking pictures with Grumpy Cat, and they're all super excited. It's like, we love cats so much. And um, I wish people could see the emotion that you're doing like this. He's doing this. <laughs> we love cats. 
<laughs> we love cats. Yeah. Um, oh. So. We should bring back Tout just for that. <laughs> so I didn't remember them saying this, but they said this later on that they did uh, to the the owner of Grumpy Cat. They wanted to work together, like their cat and Grumpy Cat. They do a collaboration. <laughs> How can cats collaborate? I don't know. Are they going to breed them and get like Grumpy Cat Junior and Juniorettes? I, I don't fucking know, but like that's... Is Grumpy Cat a boy or a girl? Is their cat a boy or a girl? I have no clue. See, I don't remember Gizmo them saying was that. was a boy, but that's R.I.P. Portland. Now that was the dead one. Yeah. What's the new one? Um, I don't know. Do <laughs> hey, you guys remember that time I tried to make a joke about... Oh! Uh, oh, remember when this was when when Grumpy Cat was actually on Raw that time? I tweeted at them and being like, I said something, and then I realized I mentioned the dead cat, and I was like, oh fuck, and I had to delete the tweet because I, yeah. I forgot it. <laughs> that was, was hilarious. Well, no, I mean it's not hilarious, but it was but hilarious. It's hilarious that their cat died. No, it was what hilarious that you. No, 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 no. It's not hilarious that their cat died because I love cats. It was hilarious that you you put that, and then you forgot. And yeah, I had to delete it later. I was like, oh man, I came across like when they were talking to this people. They didn't. I don't remember them saying that they're gonna collaborate. But later on, randomly, like okay, uh, Natalia's mom took the cats for some reason. I don't know why. I guess because they're on the road. Did they bring the cat to raw? Their cat to raw? No, no, no. But Natalia's mom showed up at their house or whatever. She was babysitting the cats or whatever. And they had them groomed or whatever. I don't know what the fuck they did to those cats. Because she said they went to the groom or whatever. But they, they got cut in some weird fucked up ways. Like bad like, It was like the... like It looks like someone was cutting like their chest area or whatever. The cat. It looked like they didn't finish. Uh-huh. And then the other one got the like the lion look. Like it was all like... The fur oh, was like, gone, but they had the whole fur on the head still <laughs> up, like for the cat. Now they were like, "Holy shit!" They're pissed. The mom, they're like, "We're," sp-, and then they said that we were supposed to collaborate with Grumpy Cat. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's like I don't know if we can do that now. They're like, "How long until the fur grows back out?" And they're like, "We're never gonna collaborate now." <laughs> I love the idea that they're like, "Oh." You fucked up our our possible collab with Grumpy Cat by making our cat look stupid. <laughs> a, that cat can't afford to look any more stupid. B, I love that they were distraught that they're like, oh no, you fucked up our chance, our, our one chance of collabing with Grumpy Cat. Our hopes and dreams. So that was that was pretty much it. That's fucking gold. They were pissed at the mom, and, and then said no, they weren't pissed off, and then she left, and that was pretty much it. They were like. What the fuck? Because it was like some... The, the lion look was funny, and the other one looked like someone really fucked up, didn't finish cutting the cat. That's what it looked like. What, like a little... Because they had two cats. Like a tutu, sort of? Like it gets short on the top, and it goes longer towards like a little dress? There was like... You know they cut some, those poodles, which are also ugly dogs, in those fucked up, like, fucked up haircut patterns for poodles? It was looks like some patches were cut, like on the stomach and somewhere. It was weird. And that was pretty much it. And now, oh, oh, I want to go back to the um, Paige and Rosa, them all that stuff uh, at the beginning of the storyline. Sh- did they show anybody else with Grumpy Cat? No. The rest of the cast didn't? No. It was just them two. Uh, so when they started the storyline or whatever, and then when Paige was like, hey, we need to go on a, a girl's trip or whatever, and she throws like some wax or what's it called? Wax strips. Like, y'all need a wax, so we're going to go on a... a a trip, whatever. Rosa pulls down her pants automatically, 
and like she's in the bed. They like bleeped up, like bleep bleeped up, bleeped her vagina, and they're like both like, like uh, just like waxing her straight up. Like she's getting a DIY Brazilian wax. Pretty much, they're both putting the strips on there, and I thought when when girls get those waxes, they like paste it on like with a. I don't know. They didn't show that. All I did was to show the box, and later on, she's on the bed and naked, and they're pulling the strips off her vagina. Who was pulling them off? Uh, it was uh, it was Paige and um, Foxy. Okay. So, yeah, uh, Russ likes to be naked, um, and that- then um. Uh, going to the other storyline, which is pretty funny, is about the Bellas. So the Bellas are hanging out with their cousins. Um, oh, I I think I heard about this. I don't know if it was, it was about the naked picture of their brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw the trailer for this episode. I think it was Nikki. Yeah, Nikki receives it and she shows it to everyone. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me guess what happens. You tell me if I'm right okay. or not. The brother is sexting, but he sends it to the wrong phone. Yeah. It says it's an audio podcast. You have to say yes. I was looking at you. And oh, you're shaking yes. your head. Yes, you're like, yes. yep, you got it right, but you weren't. Saying. <laughs> yep, this is a visual podcast. Um, so it was like full. It was just like his dick, or it was like his whole body. Whole body. Oh. And uh, what was it? It's supposed to be sent to his wife, or is it fiance or wife? I don't know. One of the. I don't know. Um, so Nikki shows like. She's laughing. It's like this is disgusting. She's laughing at the same time. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, if you think that's funny, I guess. And then um, she shows uh, Bree, and they're showing all her cousins and stuff. And then, like some are laughing, some think it's weird. And I was like, that's a weird situation. Why? Why were the all the cousins gathered? I don't know. They were just all. It was like they're all guys too. It was like. It was like uh, both the Bellas and like three of the guy so, cousins. Set the set the scene for me. We open scene on a, a Bella's room full of the Bellas and their cousins. She gets a text of she's her like, brother's dick, and she's fuck? like, "Hey, everybody, look at this dick." <laughs> she's like, my brother. She's like, "What's his name? JJ." Yeah, JJ. JJ just sent me a nude pic, <laughs> and then she's like, she shows uh, Bree, and then she gives it back to Nikki. Nikki's like showing her cousins, like, "Look at this." <laughs> What the fuck? So, and then later on... I missed a good episode. Yeah, and then they're talking... Grumpy cat and then this. Yeah, JJ gets pissed. And is like, well, that was a mistake. And then you showed it to all our family? That's so bullshit. He gets angry. But the funniest part... I would too. I think that's like the wrong way to handle that. Well, Brief feels the same way. Nikki was like, what's the big deal? Uh, But uh, what's so funny is... So before we, before we move on, how would you handle this personally if you got a sibling's naked picture by accident? You just delete it and never speak of it again. Yes. Okay. Of course you do. That's yes. how every fucking yes. normal person handles it, right? But she was like, she you like, delete I was, it and you never mention it. She was like, I was grossed out, but I thought it was funny at the same time. Oh, here's my brother's dick. <laughs> this is hilarious. But uh, the funny part was uh, Bree was talking to Daniel about this. And and what was it? I don't know how the fuck they got on the subject, but Bree was like, you remember the first time we had sex? It was like, oh, yeah, because there was other superstars that pretended that they were Brian Danielson so they can get... Because they wanted to come in the room and see who was having sex at the time. Uh-huh. And I guess they I went mean, to they, the... If Brian Danielson was having sex, how were they pretending to be him to get in this room? 
Well, I guess I guess the people at the the counter didn't know who Brian Danielson was or whatever. So someone was like, "Oh, I'm a superstar. I'm Brian Danielson. I need to get my room because I lost my." Well, key, then why so. wouldn't the, the people who wanted to know who was having sex just assume that Brian was having sex in his own room? Why would it but be they anyone else? They, I guess they didn't know it was with the uh, Bree. They were saying, "Who oh, was having sex who with who?" Was he having sex with? Yeah. So they okay. then I that guess makes it a little was, more sense. They got a card key. They walked in and there was like two superstars with like. Their pants. They had a cowboy hat on and no shirts. They said wouldn't say who. And then, then they automatically they skipped to. You remember when you were butt naked and Seamus was holding your head or something like that? Who was butt naked? Brian. Uh, Bree. That was the same night. Or so I don't know what the fuck happened. They were just saying some weird ass shit. Like I guess that's the same night that they're having sex, but also Seamus was there holding Bree's head or something. What? I don't know what the fuck was going on. It was so weird. This is like. Um what is that like HBO like the weird sex thing that used to come on HBO? No, no, not not that one. What's the other one? The other one's like real sex or something. This is like WWE real sex. Like this is one vignette on WWE real sex. It's like Daniel Bryan having sex with Brie for the first time. Also, Shameless was there holding her. <laughs> I don't know. It's so fucking weird. And then. Uh, and then they were talking about JJ. Do you have the story right? Are people gonna like write in and be like, "He has the story wrong"? Are you sure they have that right? All right, right. All right. You just watched it like hours ago, right? Yeah. All right. All right. I believe you. Um. And then they were talking about JJ. What happened? And they were like, "Oh, like, oh, that was weird." That's when they got in the story about the sex. But then Daniel Bryan was like, "Oh, you wouldn't want a picture of me. Me and my flaccid penis." <laughs> That's what he said. Well, she's seen it. Why was she in a picture? I don't know. They're talking about that whole situation, but they're like uh, <laughs> Brian Dick picks Nikki too. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying he would never do that. He would never do those pictures like that. And he goes, well, "Could you imagine me a picture with my flaccid penis or something?" That's what he, that's what he said. Well, I don't think that the point is to be flaccid. I think if you're he just said he said flaccid. If you're sexting, you probably it's probably going to be erect, right? Like, why would I don't know? That's that's what he said. <laughs> um, right, I'll take you. I'll take but that that part was all that shit was funny as hell. But uh, throughout the whole episode, it was just JJ finding out about that situation. He was pissed, and then he didn't forgive Nikki and Nikki because they talked to Nikki and Nikki was like, it was no big deal, and she's like, I, I was just. Trying to apologize, but I see no big deal in that. And he got pissed, and they walk. She walked off. Then later on, uh, on Instagram, on Nikki's uh, Instagram, <laughs> JJ's naked picture showed up on <laughs> Seth, <laughs> Seth Rollins' Instagram. <laughs> oh shit! That would be hilarious. Come on, that was a good one. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. I like that. What do you think, Daniel? Oh, yeah. You guys are doing great. <laughs> uh, but no, it was supposed to be an embarrassing letter, some Valentine's Day or love letter when John and Nikki were first going out and like Nikki misspelled a lot of shit and stuff like that. And, um, and all the girls were like laughing at it and stuff. I'm like, what is this? And they talked to Nikki, and she's like, I know nothing about that. It's like, oh, I bet JJ did that. So Nikki was talking to Bree, and Bree was like, I did that. So you know how JJ feels and something like that. But she got pissed at her sister, and she's like, I'll get you back. And that was pretty much it. And they walked away in the sunset. 
is it unresolved between Nikki and JJ? Like, is it going to be resolved in the, the cliffhanger for the season? Like, the season finale? They I don't think they showed them or whatever, so I, I do not know. Probably not, then. But um, things to take away from this episode, um, collaboration with cats. Um, in the biz, we call that a cat collabo. Yeah. Uh, sex stories, weird sex stories. Um, and then brother sends naked picture to his sister. Good episode. <laughs> God. <laughs> Take care. Goodbye. There you go. With that being said, time to go into the Q and A portion of the show. Your questions, our answers. This is this is a much better episode than it was last week. I'll tell you that much, guys. Uh, it's a good show this week. Uh, Q and A. First question comes to us from our boy Thomas. Drop it low, son. Drop it low, son. Drop it, drop it low, son. Saying, "Hey guys, as you may or may not know, I have been accepted to study journalism at Sheffield Hellam University. So first off, congratulations on that." After leaving my prior university due, due to not being able to cope with living away from home, the journal, journalism course I am planning to take, looks uh, looking to study, looks incredible, and there's talks about me doing a semester abroad, even in your United States of America. Ooh. So if I were to come over... I like that it's ours. Yeah, it is ours. <laughs> yeah, come, we own this bitch. Come and take it. Uh, say it again. <laughs> bitch counter, hit the, hit the tally mark on the bitch counter. <laughs> So if I were to come over and was close vicinity, uh, in close vicinity to you guys, I would of course want to spend a day or two with you fine folks. But me studying abroad is a long way down the road. But I want to know uh, if you, if I were to meet you guys in your hometown and was only to able to uh, to be there for one day, what would you guys show me to get a real taste of the place you call home? Take care, folks. Keep on keeping, keep on keeping on. What would we do? I guess it would depend on the time of year that you came. Like whenever Ben came down for WrestleMania, we had the the fair going on, so we got to show him all all the yeah. We also took him uh, uh, to a few mu- museums. Yeah. Um. But other than that, there's, there's really not too much going on. Where yeah, our we town live. sucks. We, yeah. <laughs> Actually, our town sucks, and the and the towns around it kind of suck too. So. Well, we take you to some kick-ass restaurants, get some good food. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Lawson's a fan of Taco Bell. Probably get you some pretty good Tex-Mex. Yeah, um, taquitos. You guys are keeping it touristy. I say we would probably drive you through like the forest of like refineries around here, so yeah. you can see yeah. all the weird refinery shit. See all the stuff we have to breathe every day. <laughs> so you can breathe in that good, uh, good contamination. Breathe in money. That's what it is. Go and see the, the the big fire hydrant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pee on that. I probably take. I'll take you to the. Um, to the UGK mural in Port Arthur, where it's like sort of a spray painted mural <laughs> on the side of a building in Port Arthur. UGK is from Port Arthur, so you know that's yeah. cool. RIP Pimp C. Take it to the station. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Sorry. There's like we live in the Golden Triangle, which is like as you imagine a triangle between three points, which was like three different cities and all the land in between. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is like not much going on in any of the cities surrounding it. Basically, if you want to do something, you have to go to Houston. Yeah, it's about an hour and a half drive. Or Galveston. Yeah, we pro- if you came here and you wanted to have a good time, we would probably take you to Houston or Galveston. Yeah, take you to Dave, uh, Dave and Buster's. Good stuff. Yeah, there's not a lot going on here, man. But there are a lot of good restaurants around here. Uh, I know uh, some say that the food overseas is kind of bland, not a whole lot of flavor, 
So I don't know how well. Is that what Ben said? Well, I mean, like even in the northeast of uh, of America, like in Boston, I heard you said that, overseas. Well, that too, but like I know the food is for some considered bland. Spicy down here. Yeah, very spicy food down here. Lots and lots of flavor. Um, not sure how your stomach would handle it the first couple of days, but you get used to it, and it's pretty good. So, but yeah, if you uh, if you happen to come on down this way, let us know. You can be a, a guest on the uh, on the WNS podcast. On the podcast. That's right. Sorry you uh, had. I guess you got homesick. Yeah, that's yeah, a bummer, man. That is a bummer. It's a it's a hard thing moving away from home. Sure, sure. Especially if you don't. But once you have... get used to it, yeah, it's hard to go back. Yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, I can see that. I think it'd be exceptionally hard if you don't have, like, a safety net. Like, if you move far enough away and you don't have someone you can rely on yeah. in a new place. No friends, no family, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you made friends, but there's a difference between having someone you can, can like, count like count on to, like, help you survive if you need to. Like, whenever mm-hmm. you, you move away, then just other friends who are trying to survive on their own. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, but definitely let us know. Keep us in the loop on that. So, uh, who knows? Maybe we'll hang out with Thomas. Drop it low, son. So, uh, thanks for the question. Next question coming to us from Bad Pants, saying, "When will you start covering Lucha Underground?" I actually did. I did see it. Yeah. Well, this week, this week is my fault, I guess, because I had a busy weekend. Uh, I haven't seen Lucha Underground or TNA from this past week yet, so I'm behind. But uh, well, yeah, we're gonna start. At the very least, I would say we'll probably at least start by the next couple of weeks. At least by Mania time, we'll start. Yeah. Um, hopefully, maybe now sooner. Now that sort of t- Total Divas is phasing out, we can phase in with some Lucha Underground talk. Yeah. I, I would say maximum in a few weeks. Uh, maybe next week. Who knows? It just it depends on how stuff goes. Yeah. So there you go. So thanks for the question. Next question coming to us from Subs. Saying subs, guys. Uh, so with John Cena possibly winning the U.S. title and becoming the 16-time champion uh, and tying with Flair, do you guys think that he would be a 17-time champion or right off into the sunset as a 15-time champion and never get to 16? Um, I personally think he deserves the 17th title. I think he deserves for all the hard work he put in in his career. I'm a huge fan of the podcast and usually more excited about the podcast than I am about Raw. Well, thank you. Well, that's really sweet of you to say. We appreciate yeah. that. So, um, thank you. Well, I think Cena's going to go past that just because, mm. to be honest with you, when things don't go away, it always reverts back to him with a title. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure if if he thinks that the, the U.S. title is considered a, a World Heavyweight Championship count. Well, I think Flair is... Uh, Flair's mini title, when they say world titles, I think they're including uh, lesser belts other than the... Uh, oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't I don't know think, about I don't, that. I don't think Flair has 16 world heavyweight titles. I think he has like X amount of uh, world titles, a couple of tag titles, and a couple of... No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that because if that's the case, then Booker T is like the 39-time champion because he was yeah, but they know. branded it different i'll google it right now and we'll find yeah it. i think it's i think it's what they consider the world title uh and the nwa title for for rick flair not not like the secondary titles because i know cena has held the u.s title on more than one occasion he's held the tag team titles on more than one occasion and but he's won the the world heavyweight championship or the wwe championship uh 
for a cumulation of 15 times. From WWE.com. Okay. Ric Flair's title history. Ric Flair's title history. Woo, Ric Flair is a 16-time world champion. Enough said, right? Well, in addition to that, Flair is also... Uh, it says WWE Championship two times, WCW Championship six times, NWA World Heavyweight Championship eight. Yeah, that's... That's 16. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right. Yeah. No, so yeah, so it definitely means something different. Yeah. So, because... Uh, I can't do US, math. As <laughs> presented uh, thoroughly in this show. Because the U.S. title and the uh, Intercontinental title are considered secondary titles. So, this wouldn't be a world championship reign. Well, they're considered world titles. They're just considered lesser, lesser world titles. Right. The secondary titles. Um, but do I think that they would give him the title reign, the, the main belt, to, uh, to tie and eventually surpass flair yeah it could easily be done the thing the thing is here is as much as um history as flair has with the company wwe um john cena is a product of the wwe Mm -hmm. so if anyone's gonna break that kind of a thing they're gonna give it to a wwe guy right so i mean cena's hasn't been anywhere else he's not going anywhere else yeah so if they are going to do it it would probably be cena he's their guy and it would be hard to keep him out of the title picture for the next however many years his career has left so i mean it's almost like unless he retires in the next year or two uh, i mean i see it i see it tying and surpassing it's hard to say i mean i could see it i could see it either way yeah so, uh, so yeah, so there you go. Thanks for the question. Final question coming to us from Flaccid PP saying, good show, guys. Flaccid <laughs> Penis. No. Uh, Flaccid, Total Divas. Flaccid PP saying, uh, th- uh, good show, guys. Thanks for the advice. I will definitely uh, take all of it into account. But my question this week has to do with what happened on SmackDown with Brian and Stardust. What do you guys think of a match between the two to be put in the match and Goldust interfering? I really don't want to see them put put Brian in it, but what else would they do with him? Uh, I think he's absolutely going in. Uh, the only other scenario I see is like what Daniel was saying: if Sheamus gets involved and they splinter that off. But uh, mm-hmm. other than that, um, you know, I see. I think Brian. I think Brian's in the match. I think Stardust is in the match. Um, it's really, really close to WrestleMania for. Um, Sheamus to to come back. I don't. If he's gonna be back, I see him like Tyler. I I don't. I can't see waiting two weeks like bringing him back two weeks before WrestleMania just to set up a match. Like Tyler said, I assume that he would come back like in the the thirty man or the thirty man. Excuse me, the, the Andre the Battle Memorial or the Raw after. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point in bringing him back two weeks before WrestleMania. So I assume my assumption is that Brian and Stardust are both going to be in the IC title match. Hmm. How about you, Tyler? Um, was it, I, I don't know. I just all this stuff going on with them. I don't, I don't care to have a match between them two. Yeah, but um, I'm not a big, not big on Stardust. Yeah, I mean it doesn't look like we're going to be seeing the Gold Dust Stardust feud. Um. I don't know what they're going to do with Brian. I mean, it's it's really up in the air at the moment. Give but the title. Yeah, that would be nice. But uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see what they what they have planned because it's 
too much up in the air right now. But uh, we would certainly like to thank everyone for contributing the questions. Make sure to submit your questions on our YouTube don't page. Do the, don't do the plugs yet. Okay. Because I want to pimp the radio show. Pimp the radio show. We did it earlier, but I'm going to tell people what's on it so that it may entice them to actually listen. Yeah. Uh, so this week on the radio show, which you can get through Sports Radio Ball, my Beaumont.com or the Sports Radio Beaumont app, which is free to download. Mm-hmm. Or if you live in Beaumont, you can turn it on the motherfucking radio. Yeah. Um, this week we talked about Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. We talked about NXT. Mm-hmm. We talked about, we further talked about the whole um, Bill DeMont. Bill DeMont, A Train, A Train, Jason <laughs> Albert situation. Probably some other stuff too, huh? Yeah. More yeah. hot topics. Yeah. So there's different stuff on that show that's on this show. Yeah. But if you're a big fucking sweetheart, like Victor, or you're way off point today. No. <laughs> okay. I'll do it, Victor. Uh, if you're on, you're a big fucking sweetheart like Victor. You'll listen to both. Um, Soft. Because we appreciate that shit. Yeah. Do it. Good stuff. So make sure to submit your questions on our YouTube page, WBNS Video, or our Facebook page, WBNS Podcast. Check us out on WrestlingNewsSource.com, WrestlingNewsSource.com on Facebook. You can subscribe to us on iTunes by searching <clears throat> Wrestling News Source Podcast. We're also on Beyond Pod, Player.fm, and The Stitcher. Just search Wrestling News Source Podcast to find us. Uh, we're on Twitter at Duh. WNS Podcast. Uh, we're on, well, we're still on Twitter, Duh. Daniel, at WNS yes. underscore Daniel, Tyler underscore Abraham. <laughs> Sorry about this show this week. We got. I thought this was a phenomenal episode. Well, I, don't know I, about think, you guys. I, think, I think it depends on, um, you know, how you, you see the product. If you know, you, it's, it's look, all, you either it's, like taquitos or you don't. That's that's all this episode is. Hey, rolled chicken taco. If you don't like fucking taquitos, you can just quit taquitos listening to the show forever. And, you know, brothers, you can just go sit next to the people who don't want Connor to be awarded. In in my world, <laughs> people who don't like taquitos are just as bad as the people who don't want Connor at all. So there you go. Thanks for making it this far. We certainly appreciate it. So uh, for the podcast crew, I am Dano Heron. I'm Tyler A. Bear. I'm Doug. And we will catch you all next week. A little bit of twang on my hear me. Duh.